Hey everyone, welcome back to the BMX in Our Blood, episode 115 with Dave Whitey Williams. Hopefully you enjoy this one. Can't see any reason why you wouldn't, because how cool is it to interview Dave Williams and have Barry McManus call in and Craig Reynolds. So I thought that was really cool. I'm glad it worked out. Thank you, Barry, and thank you, Craig. You made it a super special episode for all of us to hear and for Dave Williams to to experience. And um, yeah, so enjoy the podcast. And thank you, Powers Bike Shop, for continuing to support the podcast. I very much appreciate it. And I hope you guys will check out Powers in their new spot if you physically go there to Richmond, Virginia. But you can always check them out online and do uh, do some buying through powerspikeshop.com as well as check out the BMX Museum that Chad has going there at Powers. It's pretty amazing. I'm hoping to get down there next month at some point in March and give you all a, a look at it for those of you that can't make it there that may live in Australia, maybe, or anywhere else. So, uh... That's about it, aside from wanting to give a shout-out to, we'll call him Flatland Pete up in Montreal. Just want to tell you, Pete, thinking of you, and uh, uh, hoping that you can heal up and get back to Flatland. That is it, so enjoy the podcast. I'll have another one for you in a few weeks. Okay, here we go. You're probably going to have to be that close. So we were doing an interview, and, and Groundchuck was there, and he came in the, the hotel room. And um, I was kind of beating around the bush. I couldn't ask it directly. I'm like, so when you're racing pro, like, did it get discouraging because maybe a few guys weren't playing by the rules? <laughs> and, uh, and, and Isaac walks in, he goes, what we're trying to say here is who took money out of your pocket because they were juicing and Scotty Oakland is too nice to, to, to say anything, you know, and he starts laughing and he goes, uh, Matt Hayden used to take baby aspirin. <laughs> I think it was pretty obvious back then that yeah. the guys that would be going fast a while and then all of a sudden would be struggling all in the same season. Yeah. And then all of a sudden would be beating people by straightaways is like... A dead giveaway that something was up. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Some of those amateur. I think I can't remember who we were racing. I was racing one year in Akron, and it was me and my friend Vic Wilson. We were in the same moto. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even Breverman. Breverman was fast. It was somebody else, somebody younger. It was open or something. This kid, yeah. it was muddy. No, like uh, Ohio was always wet. Yeah. It was always yeah, yeah. soft. It was always windy. Yeah. This dude snapped okay. out of the gate and just absolutely destroyed us down the first straightaway. Mm hmm. And I didn't even say anything. And we got to the finish line, and Vic's like, oh, my God. He just, like, I can't believe how fast he was. It was like every pedal he just, like, pulled away from you. Yeah. And that's, like, most people you race, they're, like, slowly. It was, like, yeah. each crank, you could see him just, like, jumping oh ahead of you. Like, you weren't pedaling. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then yeah. he was top aim, like, 17X, and he was good. And then he fell off, like, halfway through the season. Yeah. So you wonder, like, was it that? Yeah. Yeah, and it was always those guys that like either came out in the beginning of the season or they mm-hmm. disappeared like for a month, and then they came at the end of the season and just destroyed everybody. Right, right. 
not someone like Levesque that was just always fast. Yeah, yeah. And in those cases, you could you could absolutely see that they had obviously they had the strength because they did it all year long. Yeah, the same. They had the same power all the time. Yeah, never changed. Yeah, yeah. We're usually people like that have to time it right. I it's more. I would think. It has to be more uh, beneficial for something other than BMX. Like, you may get extra first rate power, right? But the skill has to be there still. The skill still has to be there. Yeah. And you still have to have good timing. You. I just never thought the money would be worth it. No. Like, I could see no. a professional athlete sign a multi-million dollar contract, but to yeah take a chance on... On BMX. Yeah, even if it was some of the money days I mean even that was short lived right yeah but that's just not enough no money in my opinion yeah definitely All right, Dave Williams Dave Whitey Williams welcome to the BMX in our blood (laughs) thanks for having me you're welcome thanks for doing it this is is a humbling experience you're saying that and I'm like (laughs) I I don't it's wait a minute you're just talking to Joe you know (laughs) I'm getting thrown in there with some greats you've done I I got lucky. I, I've done a couple interviews with people that it's it's different, right? Yeah. When you're over, when you're, I guess I started this late forties, but you don't really care as much. Like no. You don't. It's not. We've you all, meet the nicest people, but we're all more on a level playing field now, and it doesn't really matter. You no, know? all the uh, the dumb stuff's kind of out of the mm-hmm. way. Brian Foster. I thought I'd be nervous as hell to interview him. Not at all. I think it's crazy that uh, it seems to me you go back, especially like you and I, it's like mm-hmm. we've known each other for so long and it's like when you first came over, it's it's mm-hmm. like I just saw you. Even yeah. when I saw you at the uh, oh, at Trumbull. At Trumbull a couple of years ago, I think the same with Foster. Like I, I feel like I see some of these guys who would be like yeah. just picking up where we all left off. We're just older yeah. now. Yeah, it's exactly right. A little That's grayer, yeah. a little older. Right, right. A little chubbier. I wish I could show some gray because eventually I'm going to start looking younger than you. Because <laughs> you're going to have the Christopher Lloyd, yeah. you know, hair all over the you place. Gray white. sooner or later. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm glad you feel humbled by it. I mean, it's, I, I guess it's an opportunity that not everybody gets. I could see it that way. Uh, but something you just said reminded me. You know, when you said we've been friends for a long time, it's one of the reasons I'm here today because I started to forget about the people that I was friends with that are just as interesting as, as anybody else. I I was missing people in my mind. I'm like, I, I have interviewed Dave Williams. And yeah. I would just got a text from Justin Lafredo because I was getting all of him. Like, why have I not in, yeah. interviewed Justin Lafredo? Yeah, you know we- what I mean? There's, I saw you at Trumbull. You said that we'll have to do a podcast. It's like, okay. Yeah. Thinking, you know, and then that'd be awesome. But I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> again, I just don't see myself on that level as some like Foster and Timmy Sterlecki and, yeah, you know, yeah. Mulligan. I who's, hear you. You know, but... really kind of, because I kind of didn't go f- as far in the BMX world sure. as those guys. Like those guys kind of kept going mm-hmm. into it, stayed in the industry. I kind of went the opposite route. I went like I guess the route the rest of us all took. Yeah. You know the guys that, you know we went on to our nine to fives. Yeah. Yeah. My my nine to five started earlier in '89. It's the same job, or same business that I'm in now. But it may be the same for you. But um, for me, it it that wasn't even an option. 
I knew I didn't have the, I may have had just enough skill, but I didn't have the desire to, I mean, we were looking at weights downstairs. I didn't do anything but just ride my bike in its show. Yeah. Because you were only going to get so far just riding your bike. You had to put in that extra effort. That was our training. Yeah. We didn't like do you, all this stuff nowadays. You watch these right. guys. I'm like, I don't know if I'm sophisticated enough to do that. Yeah. If anything, I rode too much. It, that was the other thing. We probably overtrained. But you you had both, right? And we'll get to the pines also, to trails. But uh, So you rode, but you also supplemented with some exercise, some like real training, I should yeah. say. Because you mentioned Breverman before. Those California guys, they're not going to fly all the way to Pennsylvania to race Woodward and no. just to lose. No. You know, they work, they work for it. You know, they had more pressure, too. I mean, that's, that's one thing mm-hmm. you find out. I think that's something that kind of happened with me. I, as a kid, I, as a kid, I wanted to be a professional baseball player, but didn't mm-hmm. have the size, and I fell in love with BMX. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you can you can kind of see as you get older, the writing's on the wall. You you know you don't either life comes into play or you just don't have yeah you don't have enough skills. You don't maybe not have enough size or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I trained as hard as I could. I, I got the most out of it that I could. Mm-hmm. But I think at some point I just knew I couldn't hang with those guys. And also, um, you know, once you start doing like the, the traveling in the summer, it's the racing kind of takes its toll. It does. I mean, and to think like I don't know if it would have been fun if I had all that pressure, like if I had to win mm-hmm. to keep my sponsor and to keep making money mm-hmm. to have a living. Right. Like I was like you, I worked. I worked four days a week. I had a boss. That's how I got into painting and mm-hmm. it helped me pay for college. But I had a job where he allowed me to work like 10-hour days for four mm-hmm. days a week. Right. And then I would come home, jump on my bike, go riding until dark, come home. Yeah. Mom would have dinner like leftover, mm-hmm. eat, and then probably go to sleep or watch TV and then go to sleep mm-hmm. and back to work. So you work four days a week, got your 40 in, Yeah. sometimes more, and then oh, you got to go yeah, away on a sa- yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I hope you didn't get hurt to come back to work on Monday. <laughs> oh, I did not have the opportunity to have that schedule. And, uh, and so we left. The only reason I bring this up is I didn't get that Friday. So we would have to leave. A, a lot of people would jump in with me and we would drive out. But there's one in particular that I'll, I probably will never forget that we drove to. It was Memphis, Tennessee, outdoor. And we... As soon as I got out of work, we left. But that was such a long drive. I may have gotten out a little early, but me and my three or four friends drove out there, obviously all night. Got there just in time for practice, <laughs> and then raced the weekend, and then hammered home and and got out of the car and went to work. That was you know because we didn't have that buffer day. Yeah, I I had a need. I had a lucky because my dad mm-hmm. was like so excited to go away on the weekends. I looking back now, I think my dad like had. Like, I think he used to go to the races because he had this whole, like, subculture of friends going on. <laughs> he used to tell me all this stuff, like, oh, so-and-so did this, so-and-so did that. I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> so I think my dad had his own, like, little following at the races. Yeah, yeah. But he was, like, so excited. So all I had to do was right. get up, mm-hmm. like, get my bike in the car, get my gear, and then basically, <laughs> like, I could sleep the whole way there. I feel like I just had this conversation because John Badessa's podcast, did you listen to his? No, I didn't see, hear that He's, yet. His was 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 really amazing in the way of exactly what you're talking about because he was going for and I had forgotten about this but they had total points. You know how they talk about uh, Brentley 
like lifetime has the most oh, yeah. points of any yeah, yeah. lifetime. He was doing that for he, MBL had high points for the country, and he got it twice. Wow! So he would race eight nine times a week. That's crazy. Twice a day. He and so every day when he got home from school, his dad was uh, just got out of work, had everything loaded up. Bam! They left. Yeah, that was that was Raj. Yeah, and then then it sounds like it. And that was uh, Dan. Dan, my brother, was like you. He yeah. would like he would meet us at the races. Sometimes he'd get there, he wouldn't even practice. <laughs> <laughs> he would just he would ask me two questions what's the first jump like and what are you leaving on and oh, then he'd man. go out and I'd watch him and he'd like he, he wouldn't even practice maybe he'd get right. one lap and he'd first motor he'd get like a second mm-hmm. and I'm like yeah. Like, what was that? And he's like, oh, I, I didn't get a good gate. I'm like, we got second. You didn't practice. I got like 15 laps in and I don't even have the, the uh, first jump down you like picked up for it and probably would have been winning if you didn't slip a pedal right right but he was dan was out of the three so i have two older brothers a lot of people that know me mm-hmm. uh mbl guys don't know my brother jim because he had about retired about the time he really hit the circuit because mm-hmm. he he quit about 86 mm-hmm. when we really started and then i was out 87 yeah so dan most of my friends you guys know dan and then my uh-huh. guys i grew up with that got me into this whole thing. This whole we used to race the EBA was a, a a sanction in the Western New York. So Jim was my brother. Jim, mm-hmm. the oldest of the three of us, mm-hmm. was like superstar. I used to call him Superfly. Yeah. Um, he was you know always competing, winning a lot of races, and uh, he had probably the most natural talent of the three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the best bike skills, Dan. Right. Dan has always had the best natural talent. He can yeah. baseball everything, really? and he he's gotten feels no pressure. Mm-hmm. Like always, like that. Me, like I've had talent, but I've always had to like work. Yeah. And I guess being a little brother, right. you're always trying to be as good as your older brothers. Right. So I was used to trying to keep up with them, and just had this like insane, like work ethic, Which as far up. as like training, um, and everything. Like Dan well. Dan didn't train. Didn't have to. He was still mm-hmm. fast. If he trained, um, he probably would have been like number one double A pro. I mean, that's because, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said, he felt no pressure. He was like Brian Foster. I was like, just gonna use like never, analogy. never phased him. Like it could have been, you know, a, a local race or could have been, uh, you know, have to win this main to to get number one, and he'd be able to pull it off. Yeah. Um, right. And then Jim was, you know, he was kind of uh, pressure got to him a little bit. Sometimes you you could see. Got yeah. a little nervous, like for me, like if yeah. if I was in the main, I'm gonna probably go faster than I've gone all weekend. Probably yeah. get the best gate I can possibly get. All that where sometimes Jim would be, you know, maybe a little frazzled when it came to that. He could still put it all down, but mm-hmm. sometimes he would. You'd be like, "What happened? You were going so good all weekend." Mm-hmm. Dan was just always just could have yeah. been, you know, practice or. Or the main, he's just still going the same speed, oh, still God. flying. <laughs> just funny. never phased him. I saw a picture recently of it looks like Meriden to me, but people were saying otherwise. But he's in the mix behind uh, Darren Waterbury and Mark Lincoln. You could see him; he's in the background, so he's still he's still within, let's say, a bike or two. Oh yeah, out of the first turn, and those guys were quick. Yeah, obviously Darren was quick. Mark, as long as he as long as he took racing, he was he was quick every yeah. year he raced. Yeah, before he went to the Marines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, how how much older was so Dan was is Dan is two years older than me, and Jim is uh, four years older than me. Oh, okay, gotcha. Jim was so would, Jim was going fast, and he um kind of threw him off, and eventually made him retire as he fell um, racing an EBA mm-hmm. race in uh, in Syracuse, and he he third degree separated his shoulder. It was is uh, a nasty injury. If you still look yeah. at his collarbone, it looks weird. Mm-hmm. So it used to cause him some pain. Yeah, and I knew it probably in the back of his mind that it probably. I can't blame him, but I probably didn't want to fall on it again, yeah. or was afraid of maybe doing it to the other side. Or, oh, yeah. um, how old would he have been at that age? Um, at that time, I was fifth. Probably he was nineteen or twenty. So he was oh. also getting into like he was running a bike shop and and doing all that. So I think it was kind of like one of those things where mm-hmm. the risk reward wasn't there anymore. Yeah, yeah. right. Same thing a fifth year old would go through. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, as you get older, you kind of see it more. Yeah. Um, I guess I was young and kind of just too crazy and didn't really think of it. I I tore my ACL in 87. Yeah. Um, the first year back when we met and a lot mm-hmm. of the people in the NBL probably remember me from was 88 starting up. Which you would have been um, like 20, 21. Um, 88, I was like 18, oh, 19 18. maybe. Wow. But that was wow. hard. Like the first, that whole first season I was racing, mm-hmm. I pretty much raced my whole career with a knee brace for that first year. You didn't know what was going to happen until you fell. Right. And then I realized I could yeah. fall on that leg, yeah. and it was the knee brace was going to protect me. Mm-hmm. So that year of racing and getting used to having that and falling and, and mm-hmm. basically building my body back up mm-hmm. and getting everything back was kind of like a learning experience where like a shoulder injury is like the worst. Yeah, I, I got a first-degree separation playing ice hockey, and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> And I was in the sling for like four weeks, so uh-huh. third degree. I I I don't even I can't even imagine what the pain threshold must have been on that. You must have torn so much uh, in there. You probably had uh. a surgery, but the dumb doctor looked at him and said, "Oh, you don't need surgery." Oh, yeah, it's like a collarbone. It'll yeah. heal up. Yeah, it'll like, heal. Can't, can't put a brace crooked. on that, right? Jeez. Um, before the first call comes in, in about five minutes. So I'm gonna stick to simple stuff. But where did the nickname Whitey came come from? <laughs> So that started out with uh, Tim Gabriel, who raced for Cool Tool. Oh, um, wow. Actually, he was national number one, I think, 16 cruiser. Mm-hmm. So when I was like 13, 14, I was, you know, we'd all, you'd go to people's houses and stay yeah. overnight so you yeah. could like do all this riding. And we like rode all day. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we both got sunburned. Uh, Tim's got like blonde hair so I think his hair got blonder you know he got dark we were both He, right, I right. was red he was like tan right. and the next day I woke up and I had like no tan Yeah. and it just started out as like yeah. a joke like ah uh-huh, whitey and then it just kind of mm-hmm. snowballed because um, again when I raced EBA there was there was myself mm-hmm. David James who's like he's my little brother he's yeah. my little brother from another father and mother right and uh Dave Marshall and D- Dave James and Dave Marshall lived in um, in Buffalo, uh-huh. and they were like best friends. And then we met, so it was the three of us always always hung out. So you got Dave, Dave, and Dave. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you say Dave, and we all turn around. So it was it was <laughs> yeah. Dave was Marshall, mm-hmm. and then uh, David James was DJ, and then <laughs> then just when they started calling me Whitey, made it easier just, with the yeah, it just made it easier. Dates. Plus, I had like I always had like a white bike. I had a white bike one time with like white rims. Like everything was yeah. white, 
and it just kind of like stuck. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Mr. Robbins like got a kick out of it. He's one of the guys that started the EBA and do all the announcing. Yeah. And he used to laugh when he said it. So I think it's just he when he would announce it, he would always like, ah, oh, front's whitey, and he'd start like he'd giggle every time he said it because he thought it was like just funny, I guess. Uh huh. Um, and then it just kind of, that was it. Right. Right. And the funny thing is, we'd be at the races and people would come up and say hi to me, like, hey, whitey, how's it going? I'm like, oh, good. And they'd turn to Dan and go, hey, Dave. <laughs> and Dan would just go, hi, how you doing? It's like they couldn't, you know, yeah, some people didn't yeah. know. Yeah. And there's people in my life that don't even know what my probably my real first name is. <laughs> it really stuck. Yeah, wow. but it kind of started out as like a joke, you know, a little, you know, your friends making fun of you, right? And right. It just kind of like just grabbed yeah. legs and just went on its own, which is kind of cool because it's something that people remember, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And it was always cool hearing it. I'm yeah. sure when people announce, I hear back like Linda Dorsey and them saying it. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's different. I mean, it's. When you hear it, there's only one person I know that's going to yeah. be on the track if you hear that. It's actually, you know. uh, Rob Michelini, uh, we were on Facebook texting mm-hmm. back and forth. He was talking about how Rob Michelini was the one that um, got me onto Whitman's. He I introduced me to Bernard Lee. Uh, I don't remember you being on Whitman's. I got picked but... up in, I think, it happened at the Christmas National. Mm-hmm. So what happened is Rob Mick said that uh, um, B, uh, Big Nard said, who's whitey that's all i keep hearing is whitey 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 who is this guy and mick's like i know who he is you want to meet him he's like yeah i want to meet him because i was that weekend i was going fast i think i won i think i won cruiser i think dugan and neil and i were going at it in cruiser uh Uh, made the open main got like second behind hayden Mm -hmm. Uh, i think i made i don't know if i crashed out in the semi in 18x yeah or if i made the main but i mean i was i was up in you know, up in front, leading motos like all all yeah. weekend. Yeah. So I mean, it was just funny hearing that Whitey. Who's Whitey? <laughs> That's all I hear is Whitey, Whitey, Whitey. Um, was that your first big team that you were on? Yeah. Whitman's. Yeah. Nice. I always was like, I never. As good as I was, I could never get sponsored. Even EBA, I was like, yeah, didn't have a sponsor. I was winning. EBA was cool because mm. they used to have trophy dashes. Mm. So when I turned sixteen, right. is when I. I finally grew when I was 15. Uh-huh. 16, I was I was fast, and I was winning a lot. 17, 18, there, I pretty much, I would win every weekend. And yeah. they used to have trophy dashes, which for nobody that knows what those are, you take all the winners from like 15 and over, mm-hmm. novice, expert, and you lump them all in. Yeah. And then you take 14 under. So it, it's the end of the race. Everybody's mm-hmm. watching. So everybody wants to go home, but everybody's standing there watching. So if you won that, yeah. and then you always got this gigantic trophy. For the trophy desk? Yeah. The, yeah. But I still didn't. I never had a sponsor. Yeah. You know, we've talked about it a lot uh, on this podcast with a bunch of different people. And, and it's it's one of the reasons I started the podcast, because the East Coast did not get no. much exposure or the the best ever was when Keith Mulligan went to work for Snap, or at the time, I think yeah, I think it was Snap at the time. Ugh, sorry, Keith. Yeah, I think it was. Um, but he knew, you know, he he knew the pulse of what was going on in New England, New York, Pennsylvania. So you started to see a little more. Whether he did like trail scene reports, yeah. so that type of thing, even or a picture just, here and there. Yeah, or or focusing a little more on a on East, guys out this way. And the and, East Coast has always got. Basically, not enough press. 
Right. But to be from like Rochester, New York, like Western New York, it was mm-hmm. like, I mean, we were we you were had, way out. <laughs> you had it, you had it tougher than anybody. I mean, the you other, were going to get recognized. You, man, the, the you, big thing is we had Ken Amon came from Rochester, but most people don't even know that. That's um, I didn't know he was Rochester. Yeah. I thought he was more mid-state. No, well, he moved down. So we we started racing in '79. Mm-hmm. Jim wanted to try it, so me, uh, Jim, and Dan all. Basically mm-hmm. went one weekend to Eagle BMX. It was a track they start out in uh, in like Gates, and um, mm-hmm. we um, we all raced for the first time. And Kenny Amon was like was like the guy in in uh, upstate New York. He ended up getting moving down to like the Schenectady area or something. And then like yeah. a year after he moved, he got picked up. But we used to I think oh, for two mom, years right? we uh, we hung out with him and rode, and he just mm-hmm. Talk about natural talent. Oh, um, yeah. If he would have been a little bit bigger, I, can, I mean, he he did everything he could do until he got to double A. Yeah. But he was like the one of the, he was the guy I looked to. Like I used to follow him. Like if Kenny can do it, like what yeah. has he done? He's got national. I need to get national. Yeah. I need to do this. He turned pro. Right. I want to turn pro. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like I had my brothers, but then I had you know Kenny because I you know he mm-hmm. when we first started racing, it was like we we weren't any good, but he was like this right this. Not factory at the time, but he was like, sure, you know, really good, and he like was hanging out with us and yeah. riding with us and stuff. So it just it made it cool that he was, you know, was it Blue Max and then Mongoose or vice versa? <laughs> there you go, first call. Can you put that on speaker? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. What's up, Barry? <laughs> so, how are you, Dave? Good man. How are you? Oh, uh, what's up, Barry? Oh. Hey, Joe, how are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, oh, thanks. My, my, my pleasure, dude. I, I was hoping it'd be anonymous. I could pull one over on Whitey. Uh, your name comes up on my phone somehow. Really? Yeah. Dang it. No, you still <laughs> surprised him, though, because he had, he had no idea. <laughs> were your ears ringing about 20 minutes ago? I know. What were we no, talking about? No, they were not. We were talking about how you used to run me off the track. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so I'm thinking he has no idea that the guy that used to run him off the track is going to be calling him in about a half an hour. Dude, that's so perfect. It is. Remember those Bionic days when I rode for Whitman's? You're on Bionic. Well, that that was my question for your whole thing. Is was going to be was there one person that you disliked riding with and disliked as a person the most that uh, you ended up being good friends with? It was going to see if you could remember or not. <laughs> oh, it was obviously you. <laughs> but I was telling Joe after watching a lot of Todd Lyons' videos he puts up there, now I understand why you were running me off the track all the time. Dude, that coop treated me so bad. <laughs> Now I know why. <laughs> Dave, I think you always knew why. <laughs> it's like you and I would race an open. It didn't help that like Terry and your team manager like didn't like each other. Oh, it was and so the, bad. We had two rival teams because we were talking too about how like Ronnie and Scotty Yocolette used to go into it. And it's like oh, Scotty's yeah. like one of the nicest guys in the world and so is Ronnie. <laughs> but we had this whole like team rivalry going on. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I honestly think it was from the two women. Yeah, I don't probably. Think, I don't. I don't think any of the writers generally had a problem with <laughs> each, each other. I think it was you. You got back to the pit. It was just so volatile that you couldn't. You, just, you know, you just had to do what they asked. That's uh, true. I, I remember we were in Nashville racing one year, and I think you might have been winning, or you might have been second and open, and you were. 
like on one side, going down the last straightaway, you you were on one side of the track and you looked over at me and cut all the way from one chalk line to the other chalk line. <laughs> what was funny about about our relationship, Dave, is I had no really reason to ever be a nemesis of yours. I know. Like, I, like, and it was so funny because I think it was just ingrained in that culture that you had to have somebody that was kind of your immortal enemy. And I, I didn't really understand why it was that way. The only, the only thing I could think of was that I was older than you. Like, uh, I think at the time you were like defending National Number One, and you just like didn't want anybody to beat you. Well, you know, you're right, and I always had something working against me, whether it be that West Coast East Coast thing with Breverman and Cullinan and yeah. all of those guys. You know, like. I knew that, you know, that I always had a deficit because I lived in Indiana. It was cold. You know, I was always playing catch up to those dudes. And I don't know that whether it was that, that I just didn't want to be ingrained in that factory life culture. I don't know what it was, but there was, there was always something working against me. Always. Oh, so that was funny because like, I don't think we ever had a conversation until later. And it's like, as soon as we started talking, well, I think we started talking because of Ivanella. But it might have been. Yeah. See that? And the, see that's, there's another prime example. There's no reason Bobby <laughs> Ivanella and I shouldn't get along. But dude, I hung him up by his neck against a fence. <laughs> <laughs> with you know, with, with Ivanella's dad, go just smack him. Yeah, smack, smack him. him, Bobby, smack him. <laughs> yeah. You know, and for the life of me, you know, you know, Bobby is short. You know, I had him a foot off yeah. the ground by his neck. You know, there's no reason for me to do that. <laughs> Well, I remember the time he wrecked you at Trumbull and you grabbed him by the seat of his pants when you guys crossed the finish line. Yeah, with me trying to yank yeah. him off his bike backwards. Oh, dude. The funny thing with Bobby is like, you know, Bobby and I were like close, but on the track, he, you'd almost want to fight him because he was oh, just... Seriously. But after afterwards, it's like he he could crash you and then you'd hit the finish line and be like, hey, you all right? It's like it, no, it wasn't personal. It was just, yeah. that's no. just racing. That's yeah. just how it was, right? You know, he was one. You're right, Dave. He was one of the very few dudes that could dish it out, mm-hmm. take you out in the corner, cross the finish line, and come back to pick you up. Yeah, and you could not <laughs> like him, right? And that that's the other thing. Like he and I never talked, and it was very similar situation with you and I. That all of a sudden we were really good homies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, for no reason at all, nothing happened, nothing ever got talked about. Like all of a sudden we were good friends. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I remember Bobby in like 86 at, at Nashville going like 100 miles an hour down the front straightaway racing against Lawan Cunningham. And like yeah. before they had, before he even got to the doubles, they had to like tabletop and he launched that thing with like land yes. flat ground. Yes. <laughs> so my first, my first experience with him racing was coming back from knee surgery. We were racing some regional or some state, it was some state race in some marcellus new york or something and it had like a two by four for a gate and bobby and i nice. were like clearly the fastest dudes and main time came him and i hit each other in every corner every corner <laughs> got to the finish line i don't even know who won at the finish line we like basically like hugged each other like i was awesome exactly but he tried to kill me and i tried to kill him it was hysterical Oh, he tried to kill you the next lap. He said, hey, we're going to race back to the van. He will take you out on the way back to the van. There's no doubt about it. 
Oh. You know, the best story with him is remember that year we were at Waterford and you're uh, you were riding around the pits and you snapped your chain and cut oh, your yeah. leg. Yep. Yep. So we go. Bobby's going to Brockport. My dad picks him up. We go all the way to Waterford for a regional. Mm-hmm. Barry's out. We get there and it's like, I don't know if we were like friends then. I think we were getting to be friends. Terry's like, oh, Barry just had a really bad accident. I'm like, what happened? What happened? So his chain popped yep. off. His like chain ring like just Ugh. took a chunk out of his leg. <laughs> Very first moto. I got like gate eight. Ivan Ellis and one both get out. We're hauling ass down the first straightaway. Hit that jump going to the first turn and just blow each other up. Exploded. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, t- I was standing right there, crutches and all, watching the whole yeah. thing happen. Uh, yeah. Ta- tact- yeah, it, tactically speaking, you guys do realize that you could have just let Bobby go and he was going to wreck <laughs> and you still would have won. Oh, that's, you're, you're right. You know, there, there's, there's a good this, chance. This Bob- Bobby is one of those dudes that he's going to explode for no reason yeah. at, any t- at, any, at any moment. Oh, my God. I, let's, and let's and the worst part about that story at Waterford is is I think I won the main. He gets second, and we blew a perfect. Oh, we went all right. the way there to get perfects right. and just that's blew the points. I, that's, only, that's the only reason I was there. Was I, I tapped, That year, I tapped out at Woodward. So all I did the rest of the year was – keep people from getting perfect scores. That's oh, the only reason God. that I was there. Makes, well, plus Colgrove. You were there and for Brian. Colgrove, and, I didn't, and I didn't want to go to wherever else the regional was that now they can't even remember where it was. So, mm-hmm. so you didn't even have to plus, go. We, we would blow no. each other up either way. Yeah, for no reason. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's silly. You know, it's wow. silly. Dave, do you remember where our conversation happened that we realized that we shouldn't be mortal enemies anymore? <laughs> Uh, and I do. I remember it ver- verbatim. I don't. Come on. I don't. It was at it was at South Park of that year that you were on Whitman's and I was still riding for Bionic. How'd that go down? I, I, the way I remember it to a T. You were coming from the first straight, like going to go around staging, and I was coming up the other way. And for some reason, your dad was there too, and whoever you were dating at the time was there too. <laughs> and for some reason, we stopped, literally front tire to front tire, and started having this conversation. And by the time this 10-minute conversation was done, we were totally friends and hung out at every race from that yeah. moment on. That's definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> from that moment, like, I remember it to, like it was yesterday when that thing, uh, when Joe posted that he was going to do this thing, that was the first thing that came <laughs> to my mind. <laughs> I do remember that now. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 Because even, who were you dating at that time? Uh, <laughs> that was <laughs> that was Tab. Was it? Yeah. Because she hated me, too. <laughs> <laughs> so you're trying to kill me every <laughs> weekend. <laughs> yeah dude like it was it was funny like during that time for me like i mean dave you know i was the most hated dude at any nbl national regardless of age group yeah those dudes hated me all of them did bj todd all those west coast guys i mean it was terrible like i said now i know i see those videos it's like every weekend you're getting wrecked oh dude it was terrible and what's funny about todd posting all that stuff is that <laughs> I never treated him bad. I don't think I ever, ever took him out. But the times that he took me out were 
catastrophic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that time you went over to Burmit in uh, Memphis. I think BJ oh, launched yeah. you over. I remember hearing your bars squeak. Oh, yeah. We were up on the yeah. gate for 27, 27, 21, 27 cruiser. 27, yeah. And absolutely. heard you go over and just heard your bars go, Arr! No, oh. dude, that was terrible. God. That was, that was of so bad. I got video of that, too. You know, what's funny about Todd is, so Reynolds gave me his phone number as soon as he started posting that stuff. And I started calling him. And he would not answer the phone. So finally, I sent him a text message and that said, you know, like, just razzing him, you little shorts, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> if you don't want to call me back because you're not brave enough, I understand, but blah. And then he called me back within seconds and just, he laughed, I bet, for the first five minutes of our conversation. I'm like, man, I said, why do I have to be the brunt of all your bad <laughs> videos? I said, you don't post any, you don't pick on anybody else except for me. And he goes, that's just how I roll. <laughs> and oh, God. That was literally the end of the conversation. Well, he got me, too. He got me with the, uh, he got me at the, uh, the year he turned 18X. I'm beating him. I'm riding for Whitman still before that all fell apart when we went to Dan's. And he, yeah. I'm leading in sweatpants. He's like making fun of me. He's not doesn't know who it is. And then he like takes me out in the second turn. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and like with his rusty urchin pedals or whatever, I had like a big gash on my ankle. It's like, dude, it was a moto. If you want to beat me, just say you're gonna go by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's how he. Well, he was, you know, he's short. And you know, Christmas National wasn't necessarily about getting perfect. It was about like trying to get through the whole weekend without like dying, right. being Dying tired or out, getting sick or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy. So I don't need to. I don't yeah. need to win a moto as long as I can, because you're not going to get a perfect there. Like, so no, that's the chance you get pulling no, a perfect. God, yeah. No, but nobody ever gets points in the winter ever. No, not from Indiana and Rochester. I think I. No. There's a reason why most of his videos are at Columbus. Yeah, <laughs> you know it was perfect for that. Correct, man. Correct. Well, they, they always used right. to get the practice to track too, exactly. which always helped. You're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I I think nowadays I think anyone that's been uh, clowned on by by Todd should take it as a uh, as a compliment <laughs> because yeah, you yeah, you I made agree. the cut. He he did it for me. Uh, hitting this the super class section or I'm sorry the pro section racing super class he uh, he made a whole joke oh, yeah. about looks like Joe really has the BMX in his blood now as I <laughs> as I took out second through which is me second through <laughs> through eighth every one fell that's right that's right oh, he's you know, got that, some, guy is, that guy is such a clown he, you know I, I he, you know he's making making a living off it literally just being exactly how he is yeah well that's with todd too he he crashed on the track but it wasn't anything personal Mm-mm. it's just you were in his way at the moment and oh no it was it's like you're just like, in my I'm, way i'm telling you every bad thing that happened to me on a course from somebody else is because they didn't like me <laughs> oh man <laughs> Well, you were it, hey Barry. You were kind of imposing. Yeah. You know, when you stood in staging and you're like, I, I came up to your Three shoulders, maybe, and, and and I'm five eleven. I barely came up to your shoulders. It's, you're right. You're and, right. And you but had you, this. You had yeah. a stare going. You were just staring out in the distance. You know, f- focusing. And I'm like, I'm not even going to say hi to this dude. <laughs> I know. It was very intimidating. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, that, that whole era of BMX was so uh, amazing to me uh, that 
so many stories and friendships and thing has have come out of that you know late 80s through you know later part of the 90s era of bmx that i think that it's it, 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 it'll never be the same which is fine no but, it'll but never it's, be the it's, same. it's just the, the dudes now just don't even understand what mm-hmm. what what that was you know yeah it was just such fun times and that the the friendships that we all made it's like they're just they're everlasting it's, i was telling joe it's like i haven't seen him for a couple of years and it's like pick up now talking to you on the phone it's like i just saw it feels like i just saw you like last week <laughs> one of the one of my favorite pictures is that 2b picture with uh cole grove and craig staring at each other and then me you and josh henry oh, and it yeah, looks like yeah, i'm standing yeah. in a hole uh-huh. it's like you're a yeah. good two feet taller than me it's like my god he was really that tall <laughs> oh, half god. the time i only saw the back of you well whatever <laughs> yeah you know that 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 brings up another point like I, I still talk to steve not as not as often as i do craig or, or colgrove but you know it's same thing with him you know you pick up right where you left off and that yep. whole 2b thing was such a culture oh god that and was so I, much fun and, you know and you know you see the reprints of the shirts or you see somebody post something or you know and Man, it was just a lifestyle that that it, it, you know that people that knew about it were in awe of it, and the people that were in it just thought it was just part of you know uh, everyday life. But man, that that stuff was really really cool. Yeah, it, it was. still is. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't realize that because we were a part of it. It didn't seem like that big of a deal, but looking at it from the other side, it was like huge. Oh that my was, gosh, that was like a cult. Mm-hmm. It was that stuff was so cool, and it hit at the right time. And those guys were it so did. much fun. The care packages we used to get, wasn't that great? Oh, dude, crazy, crazy. I mean, I, I still had stuff when I, when, after my mom passed away and I was cleaning out of her house, there was still stuff still in the plastic wrappers. Because, I, you know, you know, Dave, they'd send you so much stuff. Yeah. It was impossible to, to wear it all or to get it all out before you get a, another box or you go to some race and Hal be there with, uh, you know, with, oh, with Walmart bags giving us stuff. You know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, the, the funny thing for me is I'd look back and, like, everything was, like, XL. And right. it's, like, everything's huge on me. I'm like, did I shrink? No, but that was like no, it, it's all the dude, stuff that just, wouldn't that, fit Barry. That's just how they roll and everything was huge. <laughs> well that was like the style back then too, everything was like big. Right. But right. I look back, I'm right. like, I, I don't think I'm that much smaller. <laughs> I am getting older, but I haven't started shrinking yet. Not that I know. Right, I agree. <laughs> oh, man. I agree. Sorry to hear that's about true. your mom. I mean that's uh, that's Oh man, it was it was a rough time. Is she um, she passed away just uh, five weeks before my our, our wedding, oh, and uh, it was just a turbulent time for sure. Unfortunately, so, I know what that's about. So I really that I know you do. Home. I know you do. Yeah. yeah, it was. It's crazy, crazy yeah. deal. You know. But yeah, it was such uh, a good time. Right. That's funny. It, like with, it, well, even with like Craig, I, I was looking through some old pictures. I was racing him against him in like sixteen over opens back in like. 87 88 and i don't think i ever had like a real conversation with him until like 89 90 right <laughs> it was like two i was like two yeah, uh yeah yeah you're right it, you know like you talk about those those friendships come out of it craig was the literally beside like very similar to your and i story dave is that 
we were friends. We weren't enemies on the track because he, if he's going to beat you, he's going to beat you yeah. bad. You're not getting close <laughs> enough to him to take him out anyway. You know, like, uh, I always tell Craig, Craig, you man, you were the easiest and the hardest person to beat. It just depended on what, what Craig you were, you were going to get that day. I know what gate but, start he got. <laughs> but very similar to you, to your and I situation, Dave. We literally just started talking at I can't even tell you where this that one that would happen and we were great friends from that very instant and i think within a month after that he and i were traveling to races together (laughs) yeah you know and that's just how it happens i just i just remember like being i guess i was intimidated by him Mm. meanwhile my dad was probably like having like dinner with him i mean the conversations he's like oh it's mr reynolds (laughs) how do you know all these people Exactly. You know how Raj was. He knew everybody. He knew. He, 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 yeah, absolutely. And your dad. I mean, he he should have hated me too, but he didn't. And he and he always was just the best dude to me. He did. I don't think that. I don't think Raj hated anybody. I don't think he had yeah, that I, in him. I agree. Oh my gosh, I agree. Yeah. It was just funny. When you get to the races, I'd go one way, he'd go the other way. <laughs> well, he, had, he had his own set of homies he wanted to hang out with. Yeah, oh, did. shoot. Hey, Bear. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know what? No, no, no. I was going to uh, mention another question that's coming up, which you, you probably saw uh, that Brian put up. So, um, Oh, Cold Row put one up? He did, didn't he? Yeah, Meat Wagon did. <laughs> he's, he's, he's gonna hate us if we start ripping on him i know we, no we, we were at the aba grands and he ate like three pizzas by himself oh yeah oh uh, yeah absolutely we walked uh, in yeah. watching the the it was the what the amp pro spectacular or whatever we had yeah. we literally had three pizzas between the three of us i think yeah. i got like maybe two pieces i think barry got two cole grove ate every uh, all the other pieces every other will lift, yeah do you remember sliding in the parking lot on the ice? Oh, that was so much fun. The main <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Seeing how far you could go. <laughs> well, dude, we were idiots. <laughs> you should have seen me driving the motorhome. The, Terry's a motorhome that, after that, driving on the ice, we got to a point somewhere between Oklahoma and I think we were close to Ohio. We might have been in Indiana or something, and... Uh, it was snowing so bad. I pulled off the highway, pulled down this like little <laughs> little street, stopped, and she's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "It's snowing," and the uh, trailer's like weaving back and forth. She's like, "So, what do you want me to do?" I'm like, "Well, first of all, I want you to drive, and you're gonna have to turn around." She <laughs> <It> was like, <laughs> "There was like a ditch on each side." She's like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> good, good for you. I'm glad you put. I'm glad you put that on her. <laughs> I'm driving a big motorhome with a big trailer, and the thing's like literally like weaving back and forth. I'm like watching it in both mirrors going back and forth. Oh, uh, I forgot that you drove out there with them. Oh, yeah, that was a long trip. What was wow. Cold Girl's question, Joe? Yeah, we could do this. The, the reason I thought of it is because you guys were talking about Raj, and his question was about oh, Raj. Red Roof Inn? Yeah, it's right. a Red Roof Inn question. Hang on. Let me, let me get it in fairness to him, some verbatim here. He said, why did Raj only love Red Roof Inn? <laughs> so, the, same reason, dude, the same reason that if you wanted a free meal from Raj, you had to go to the Olive Garden. Yeah, <laughs> was, that's right. <laughs> the Olive Garden was a staple. <laughs> Unless we were traveling with the Ivanellas, if they were at the race, then Mr. Ivanella would find this like fantastic Italian restaurant somewhere. It just 
mm-hmm. near the track, and it would always be like the best meal. Uh-huh. So the the Red Roof Inn was obviously they were affordable, they were cheap, but Raj liked it because it was they were like everywhere. So he's right. his his thought process was you always knew what you're gonna get. They had free coffee in the morning, <laughs> and the best part was that you didn't have to like deal with like the elevator. So you had the key to the outside room. So you could like easy oh, in and easy right. out. You didn't have to wait for the elevator. We'd always get on the second floor, so you didn't have anybody over you making noise. Mm-hmm. You never had to hear people running up and down the hallway. Yeah, what a smart man! But man, most of it was most of it was price. That was the he, <laughs> he was right. thrifty. Well, yeah, oh. well, yeah, because you went to four million nationals a year. Yeah. You had to be thrifty at that point. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> the funniest story with him is that to this day I still can't figure out. We were in Connecticut and. We had to have been on the Merit. So I, I live in Connecticut, and I live, like, right near Trumbull. I'm not sure if you knew that. So we were traveling, and it had, we had to have been on the Merit because Joe knows, like, the Merit has the worst on-ramps and off, uh, on ramps and off ramps. You and, come to a stop pretty fast. Yeah. So <laughs> it had just, like, rained, but it was, like, one of those quick summer rains where it rains for, like, 15, 20 minutes and then stops. So we get off this exit, and Raj comes into this turn going way too fast. He's just, like, 50 into, like, a, a 180 tight turn and he's like he always like when he turned he leaned india like he was driving nascar or something and he gets into this turn and it's like i knew it, was, it wasn't going to be good all of a sudden we did like a complete 180 in the uh in the off ramp thank god nobody's behind us he gets complete control he had control the whole time but we completely spun around and he looks at me and goes don't tell your mother <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is 100% your dad right there. <laughs> oh, and then we just, from that point on, we laughed all the way. To, I'm like, yeah, you came into that turn a little bit hot, don't you think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> With the minivan. You knew he always liked the mini- minivans. The gray minivan, hell yeah, I remember. And then the blue one. <laughs> With no air. Exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, Barry, oh, cool. did you have another <laughs> question? If not, I was going to read another one off. But if you've got another one, we'll do yours first. Who, me? Yeah. No, man, I'm good. That was the only one, that's the only right. one that I had for Dave. I know the, the rest of the answers the and everything sti- else. <laughs> you might. I don't know. I, this could have changed just because of the conversation now. But I'm going to read off one. I want, you to, I want you to listen in on this one Okay. before we uh, switch you out. So Tom Johnson, uh, one of my good friends, he wanted to know, Dave, who was your toughest competitor and who did you always want to put over a turn but never had, had the opportunity? <laughs> Barry was probably my oh, toughest competitor. I couldn't so put him over fair. a turn, though. <laughs> yeah. I actually had a couple in the EBA days. I had a couple guys that were always gunning for me. Barry was, yeah, Barry was tough. Yeah. I couldn't hit him, though. So you if I hit him, I'd, like, a, bounce if, off. So it really didn't... <laughs> if he was a little smaller, that would have been your choice? Uh... <laughs> I don't know if I really rode that way. We might no, just you never rode that way. No. I, I, I think your toughest competitor on a scale since you and I were friends had to be Chill Phil. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely Chill Phil. But well, it, him and I had just had this, and and hopefully still do. We just had this like crazy relationship where we were like super cool with each other. When we raced, if anybody came from like the West Coast, oh, we'd like gang up sure. on them. And sure. even if we crashed each other, we would just laugh at, about it afterwards. So, yeah, definitely toughest competitor, but I never once wanted to put put Phil over no. a turn. Yeah. No. I did. The I, one I, thing about Chill Phil is he had, and, and to me too, he always had your back no matter yeah. what. Mm-hmm. 
the thing with Phil too, if I can say this now because it's you know maybe mountain biking, I guess people don't race him because he's downhill now. But with Phil, if you stood, if you got right behind him, it would freak him out because he couldn't see where you were and he'd end up making some huge mistake. So if he ever got in front of you, you just rode directly in his line behind him, and within like a turn or two, he would just like panic and like pull over and let you go by. Yeah. I'll tell you though, we were. We were racing, I think it was a national. There's one time I really had to beat Phil, um, and it was because he was riding for Coca-Cola. We were racing at um, Long Island. Shoreham. Shoreham. And his team manager was, like, standing, like, on the fence. And I was, like, I think I had, like, gate seven or gate eight, and Phil was over on one. And this dude was, like, yelling in my ear the whole time, Come on, Phil! Come on, Phil! Beat him, Phil! And I was like, oh, I got to beat him. I gotta shut this guy up. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, Phil probably was. I mean, because you know what? Him and I were probably like literally the same rider. Yeah, you were even even just with matched. like different set of skills. You're right. Mm. I agree. Well, we di- different set of skills, meaning you had some and he had none. <laughs> no, Phil had a lot of skills. He was just he no. was just going. He had a little Bobby in him, though. Like we, we, oh yeah, we all kind of raced on that like uh, that razor's edge. Phil kind of had that that where he'd go a little bit past it, and sometimes it worked <laughs> out, and sometimes it just it wasn't good. Oh god, we we watched him win like super class one time at South Park, and it was like you might have been oh, there, yeah. Barry. We were like cheering, and they were like, oh oh, hold on. It was like yeah, go go go. Whoa, hold on. It was like it was like the stages of the race. First straightaway was like. Smooth came oh, down yeah. the second straight. It was like he was gonna die. Oh, then third man. straight he had it, and then he hit the pro doubles and looked like he was gonna die again. It was like, uh, it was like a, such a range of emotions in one race. Like he, you know, he could pull that 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 looseness back together. Yeah, or he just throw down a total hot lap that would like had like no looseness in it at all, and you're like, Whoa. exactly. Oh. Oh, I did gosh. see him uh, about two years ago. I saw him. And uh, he looked really good. He was super happy, and he looked great. He looks exactly yeah. the same. I don't think he's aged a day. No. Yeah. No. That, that, good for him. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He was always definitely. funny. <laughs> 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 yeah, chill, the, chill, the, And the be- other best thing about him is you'd see him, like, you know, for me, I don't know, maybe I was just, like, in bad shape or whatever, but after the races, all I wanted to do was eat and go back to the hotel room and, like, fall asleep and watch TV. And you'd we'd come back from dinner and you'd see Phil like coming back with like a twelve pack. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. hundred <laughs> percent. It's like how how is that possible? I'm like exhausted. Right. <laughs> he was tough. He had, he had a different type of BMX in his blood, I think. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. There's I, I guess you could measure that in A B V. You know, you might, you might be right. He, he was six point six point two. I'll let you guys get back to it. I gotta run. So Thanks for calling. I got your number now. I'm gonna bother you. Able to chime in. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Thank, thank you, Barry. When, when I saw how excited you were, I was like, oh damn, we gotta make this happen. <laughs> I just wish my name wouldn't have popped up. See if he would have got. Yeah, the right I would have heard the voice. Oh. I would have known right away. Yeah. Dang it. Oh God. <laughs> Good, All right, good. You guys take care. You too, Barry. Talk to you soon. You too. Thank right, you. Cool, cool. Thank you very much. <laughs> take care. Bye. Bye. Oh, he should have asked about the. He used to call me Wheelie. 
Oh, yeah? Yeah, because for a while I used to... A little Tanette wheelie type thing? Yeah. Yeah, I used to like wheelie all the straightaways, kind of like Tanette. It actually started from watching Donnie Hire race oh. and hanging out with him for a while. Yeah. Is he from Ohio? Yeah. Was he from... Or... Yeah, we close. met Donnie and Billy all. We all met Doug oh, Jika. Oh, he was on Whitman's, wasn't he, Donnie? Uh, short time. When I met him, he was all decked out in uh, the fluorescent stuff. He was in between sponsors right before he got picked up by Airshot and then uh, Titan. Oh, okay. But he, him and, uh, so it was him, Billy All, Doug Jika, and another kid like um, 15X. Like three of them rode for DK and then Donnie. They showed up at Niagara Falls at one of the EBA Uh Can-Am races. Yeah, and showed up, and we just like, you know, you know Billy All. I mean, yeah, he, right. You just he'll talk to anybody, and we just like mm-hmm. all started talking. We just all hung out that weekend, mm-hmm. and then that's like from then on, like we just had a friendship with like all those guys. That's when I first met Billy All, mm-hmm. Donnie, Jika, yeah, um, Hito. These guys were fast, yeah, because they were looking for places to ride, and they I don't even yeah. know how they caught wind of it, yeah. but they came up. They they came up like two three times mm-hmm. and raced against us. Yeah, and the EBA guys could yeah. we put we, we put could, it, yeah we could put it to him yeah I remember Jika one year he he pretty much dominated me but uh, uh-huh. the one year I beat Donnie in uh, mm-hmm. open and class but it was it was good those guys uh, and Jason Smith remember Jason Smith from Ohio yeah uh, no uh, Michigan I the Smith I'm thinking of is uh, is Ohio uh, oh jeez what was his name Jason Hill and Jason Smith. No, I'm sure you're right. Yeah, that was uh, that was my best friend David James's, yeah, um, buddies. Uh, yeah. Jason Hill, Jason Smith. They they were mm-hmm. good friends, I think, with uh, with Craig and that. Dave James was at the Grands the first time I got national number one, and the last time I got national number one. Oh wow! He's like my uh, he's like my coach. Yeah, <laughs> to get me through the uh, get me through the nerves. Oh, yeah, he was gosh. definitely there the first year in uh, in eighty. What year was it? That We're looking at the wall of fame behind uh, us, people. Uh, what we got? 89. 89? 89. I went in the middle. So, yeah, he was there, 89. Um, oh, I remember those plates. Jeez. It was, uh, I was racing against Tony Ashley. Tony Ashley was the reigning number one. Oh, okay. And that was 21, 27? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. I do remember those plates. My, my, I remember having... Uh, uh, a far bigger digit than the skinny skinny yeah. one you got on there. And the coolest one is the 98 one 20-inch. That's mm-hmm. uh, Lisa, my wife, was there for that one. Nice. She's the one filming. I've, I've put it up on Facebook before. She's the one screaming in the Oh, in okay. The film. Okay, I did watch that yeah. when, when I was searching for some things to use to post yeah. on, on uh, Instagram to announce it. So she was pretty nice excited. I guess. And and I'm serious. What what uh, I said about Barry, he was so excited when he found out I was interviewing <laughs> you. Such I'd, such a great guy. Yeah. It's so nice to hear you guys talk because I didn't know him. We weren't friends. I mean, we were friendly. Yeah. But no, we were like he said, like from that time at South Park. That must have been, I think that was like eighty nine or ninety. Yeah. Um, he's right. I remember that. We just uh, mm-hmm. we just started talking that weekend, and then it was just like boom, and then you, you know it's. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's just it's just like that phone conversation. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to him in years, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, that's how, that's what's cool about BMX. You have these lifelong um, friendships that mm-hmm. just, you know, yeah. they, they don't seem to go away. No, no. And uh, yeah, and I think 
to understand that you had to have done it. Yeah. It's it's too hard to explain. No, you if, my, my unless you live the sport, it's, you can't really. Even Lisa now laughs at me. She's like, because I, I say my friend. She's like, is he your friend? Or is he somebody you know? I'm like, oh, it's actually my friend. You know, you got a bunch of you know a bunch of people on Facebook, but yeah, some yeah. of them are right. some of them are people we want to be friends with, or some mm-hmm. of our heroes. You know, so you know being friends with nice. like Harry Leary or somebody at Stu. It's like, you know, it's Eddie King. It's just like it's crazy to, to think yeah. that we're like, you know a part of these guys' lives, sure. or at least be able to see it. Mm-hmm. But that's her thing. She always laughs at me. She's like, are you really friends? Or I'm like, no, this really is my friend. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It does get cloudy there because, you know, if, you, if, if you're if being nice, someone requests to be your friend and they happen to be connected with other friends, it's like, oh, okay. I'll, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll be friends with them. So I could see what she's saying because, you know, I'm absolutely accept because there's definitely people you knew yeah. and then there's people you were friends with and then mm-hmm. you're people like really good friends with so mm-hmm. that, and that's just life yeah but yeah that's her fun that's her funny running joke with me yeah um, but they all do kind of fit into this big bmx bag of of relationships yeah in some at some level and yeah. it's, it's normal to you and i yeah but i don't know it's but she's just, you know she's got like friends you know but for them, it's like high school, I guess, or college. Uh-huh. I guess the only thing you equated to is high school or college because you mm-hmm. have that close bond. Right. But BMX, it spans so many years. Sure. That it, it's it's different. And we tr- and we went all over the country, so it's it's yeah. I mean, your friends, you've been friends with Barry, but he lives in Indiana, and you're in Connecticut. Even when you're in New York, you're still a long ways from Barry. Yep. If you're not racing. And we. Uh, so so yeah, that's Lisa. Uh, I mean, she she loved Barry. I mean, she loves Barry. She loves mm-hmm. Craig. She loves Cole. We were at Cole Grove's, uh, I don't know if I should say it, but we were at his first wedding. We yeah. got invited. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. And it was so much fun. Um, uh, well, you know what I will say? He's He is a really good father. Yeah. Uh, I've I've watched a lot of what he's posted. And his daughter's a super good softball <laughs> player, right? Yeah. Um, or, or I'm sorry, she may have graduated. May she have did, college but I mean, ball, she but... was, yeah, she was really good. Yeah. I guess she just ran out of places to play once, you know, Mm-hmm. That sport, you get to college and you know they have a Could Olympic go. team and a. I do have pro softball, but I think yeah. it's very small. Yeah, yeah. But uh, his his uh, two daughters now, his yeah. younger daughters are more athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see this stuff with her skiing; it's crazy watching her. Like, oh, I haven't seen this. Uh, yeah, uh, it's on Facebook. Yeah, I was showing Lisa actually a couple of weeks ago. She she's running her. She's in a race. It's like a dual slalom. Right. And it's like she's she's tiny and she's just ripping down the mountain. It's, uh-huh. it's hysterical. It's, it's, that's the fun part, like kind of seeing like everybody, like now that we're adults, our kids, like watching kids grow up and like watching people see what they're doing. Yeah. I know like Barry stayed in the bike industry. I know like Yokelet's in that. Um, I know Cole Grove was yeah. doing, uh, right. he was working for Ford or GM or one of those for mm-hmm. a while. Right. Um, I fell into painting because that's what I did. When you were younger? Yeah. Well, when I was a little kid, I would, like, my mom said I would just, like, sit and watch construction workers. So I've always been in, in uh, into construction. Okay. My dad would mm-hmm. do work around the house. And I was, like, always following around and helping him. Mm-hmm. So I just had a knack for it, and I just I just liked it. Right. And I just mean, was good at it. Yeah. Before we continue on that one, just a really quick shout-out for Barry. Uh, Trailhouse Bicycles. Trailhouse Bicycles, I think, is what it's called, right? Yeah, uh, his business in uh, Indiana. So check it out, people, if you're near there. Trailhouse bikes. Yeah, trailhouse bikes. 
But yeah, I was going to ask you about painting. We got a few more minutes before the next surprise call. We got about five more minutes. I can't believe you're on Whitman's. I didn't remember that. Yeah. Um, it was right before the team. Bernard was running it, and then he yeah. stepped away, and Terry took over, and then the team kind of fell mm -hmm. apart. That's when Dan Duckworth came in and uh -huh. picked up our whole team, and the rest was history. What mm -hmm. Terry will probably kill me for this, but what do they got, like 13 national championships or something like that? I lost count. I know I was involved in, I think, three or four of them. 13? That's something like that, yeah. I and think those, 13 times, maybe more. Were those bike shop or were they, they the national uh uh, it was national. It was, so it was above bicycle, below factory. But we yeah. we competed when we were uh, when we did TNT. I think we were mm -hmm. factory. Yeah. Um, and then when um, Dan's Huffy, mm -hmm. so he um, Dan Terry always kind of had two teams. Oh okay. Um, well, I think that started with like TNT. Mm -hmm. She kind of broke the team in half, oh, and then she right. did that for a while. So yeah, the national team was. Uh, mm -hmm. 13 times, I think, maybe more. Terry, if it's wow. more, I'm sorry. It's not easy. Yeah. Everything has to go really well for the entire year. Yeah. To have that. And it's like gambling. You got to pick the yeah, right. Yeah, you got to pick the right people. Especially when they're like you and you're racing three classes. Which one do you pick? Yeah, she which, wouldn't tell which me. Which one could Dave? But I could always tell because she'd stand next to the gate holding the uh, the team sheet looking at yeah. me. Like with hope in her eyes and like, oh, I got to win this one. <laughs> you could figure it out, huh? Oh, man. She, uh, she mainly I knew it was Cruiser. There was, I think, yeah. only a couple of times that I ever tell her. It was the, we were talking before, mm -hmm. um, before we started recording in 90, 91, mm -hmm. um, when I was racing against Brian Foster and, um, this was super, right? Super yeah. Class. No, it was actually 18 over X, Hatfield, um, and all those guys mm -hmm. and, uh, Mike Lausman. uh, we got to, that's when Brad we, Shepley lit on yeah. fire. Uh, Chris Decudo. So we got yeah. to Phil. So mm -hmm. we got to South Park, and um, Brian wasn't there. And I knew that there was a lot of bonus points for 18x, and I just had a feeling that weekend. Yeah, and I, yeah. she's like, "I'm gonna put you on for Cruiser." I said, "Put me on for 20." She's like, "What?" I'm like, "Put me on for 20. I yeah, have to win yeah, this yeah. weekend because I, I, get, I ended up getting my last two perfects that weekend. I yeah. won both days. Yeah. And I just remember she was so happy because of the bonus points because the class was huge. Yeah, it was compared to 21, 27 cruisers. It was like yeah. semis, and that was like probably quarters or semis. Yeah. Definitely semis. Probably maybe an eighth or a quarter we had to go through. So I was saying to Barry, it's like you didn't really go to Christmas National to get a perfect. No. And if you came out of there with one, it was like. It was like amazing because you you had to go through so many. Half the time the moto was stacked, mm -hmm. or you didn't make the you'd win all your motos and you'd get like a tough semi or a quarter or even an eighth, right? And you just didn't get make it out. Yeah, the the painting side, I've I, I guess I've always been. I guess we all are, but I've always kind of been like, blessed in a way. My my grandmother always used to say like everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. So I was working at a bike shop when I was coming off my knee injury, and mm -hmm. there was a guy that used to come in and. His name was Jim Sired, who uh -huh. was uh, who unfortunately passed away a few years ago. He was a paint painter that used to come in <clears throat> and hang out with us. So I ended up getting a job with him when I was going to school because the bike shop really couldn't handle as many employees during the winter. Yeah. So he taught me the painting end. When I broke my ankle at the Grands in 91, um, I couldn't work for like five or six weeks. And he was just kind of done with the whole business thing. He yeah. was one of those guys that was like a phenomenal painter, but he wasn't a good businessman. Yeah. Like most construction is, you're either good at one or the other. Oh, yeah. So 
Absolutely. He decided to uh, step away while I was injured. So um, that spring, I ended up getting a job with a guy who was on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, um, he, Paul Sikowski, he taught me the business end. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I got lucky because I got a guy that taught me how to paint and hang wallpaper. And then I got a guy that taught me how to hang, taught me how to run a business, a construction business. Paul was, you know, he was a great businessman. He he wasn't as good a painter and wallpaper hanger as Jim was. Mm-hmm. So I basically, it was almost like fate that yeah. these two things came together to put me where I'm at now. Right. Um, so I have the skills to do the painting and the wallpapering. Right. And, you know, and. But you also know how much it actually cost you yep. to get to the job, to bid, to, to yep. bid the job entirely. Overhead but, and yeah. all that stuff. And, and, and why people think you're crazy for charging whatever an hour. Right. It's because you got to build in all those expenses, comp all the way through, yep. it, vehicles, gas, overhead, profit margin, all yeah. that. And now running a business, you know, it's it's kind of come full circle. And I've I've had my business predominantly in New York City. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Here's your next surprise. Um, predominantly New York City for the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Craig Reynolds, dude, <laughs> what's going on? I'm calling you. Uh, Chime in and talk to one of the all-time great amateurs from the East Coast. Oh man, how you doing, Craig? Thank you for calling. Uh, thanks. Oh man, I'm, I'm doing good, man. I'd rather take a break from you know being at work to call you guys than sit here and do anything here at all. Period. <laughs> sure. The, the real forty-four. That's right. That's it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Dwayne Taylor would argue that, but you know what? I'll take it. Mm, I think right. you are, because I knew you first. So in my mind, it was you. See. See, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly it. Dwayne, Dwayne's claim is, you know, that was his number that the NBL gave him. And I said, yeah, well, that's the number that I chose, and I put that mess on the map. So, boom, <laughs> what you want? Well, technically, <laughs> if that's how we're going, then I, I guess I'm kind of the real 44. <laughs> oh, see, that's the, here we go. Again. We, got a, we, got a, we got a problem. Because my, my NBL number was, my NBL license number was 93544. So my MBL oh, number was really? 44W. It's a 44W, that's it. And actually, I think I have some pictures. I was looking through some stuff. I have a picture of you when you were on uh, Cyclecraft before you you knew who I was and I was intimidated by you. Um, stop yourself. You're running like National <laughs> 21, I think, and I got 44W. Oh, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, so I got the 21 because I went into the Grands number three. And very first moto, coming out of the second turn, I clipped a pedal, or I was riding, pulling a car wheelie out of the corner, and I clipped the top of the roller coming out of turn two, <laughs> dumped myself on my head, woke up, like, what was going on? My dad's like, we're going to the hospital, you think you got a concussion. <laughs> Went to the hospital, didn't race for the rest of the grands, and I uh, got number 21. Nice. Turns out, everyone that was in front of me didn't make it out of their semi. I'm like, oh, dude, all you had to do was race the race, oh, and we got man. the title pissed me off but oh well you know it is what it is that's very was talking asking me when the first time him and i uh like spoke and we're friends and i he had to refresh my memory but it was the same with you we raced each other for a while before like i think we even spoke i've raced like i was like a nobody in like 88 just trying to uh, there it is right there just trying to like get back into the game and i remember we used to race each other all the time in open class no way that's you and craig yep Hey, dude, that's wow. crazy. Craig, I'll send you, or will uh, Dave will send you this picture after of you and him, and it must have been Bicycles Today, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. Please, please, please. He's got the four- that is fantastic. <laughs> He's got the 44W and you got your 21 on. Huh? Yeah. That might be the real 44. Man, you just got put- yeah, You and Dwayne? I guess you guys are set. <laughs> well, I'm older than Dwayne, so I think I win. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's right. Oh, that's, you know what? You've got a good argument. Uh, he does. <laughs> hey, while he's looking up this picture, I'm, I've been telling as many people as I can about your podcast, which is going so well. I'm I'm loving the listens. So uh, yeah, it's, it's fun, and I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm getting ready to uh, take a, a little bit of a hiatus. Yeah. So I can kind of reset. Sure. Because I've been going with it since June, and every week since June. I'm like, you know what? You need to get into season two somehow. <laughs> and right. now I'm going to take a little breather yep, and yep. give it a couple of weeks and then come back because I've got a, uh, some good people lined up, which will uh, be really fun. Yeah, keep that diversity coming too because I love the different, yeah. whether it be doctors or just so many people uh, Steve and Hal were awesome. Yeah, that was great. That was a good great seeing too. those guys. I could have just sat back and let them talk. I did. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they're they're incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible, and their story is so good. Yeah. Um, you know, as is everybody's story. Everyone has such a good story yeah. to share and tell, and how they got there. Right. Um, it did for you. What was it like for you, Whitey, when like you went from being in the motos to winning titles? Like, what was that switch for you like? Do you remember that? Well, I'd, I kind of, I think what the big breakout for me was um, the, uh, the show that I could really hang with you guys is we were racing uh, Woodward, and it was it was 18X main. I've raced open. You might have won the open class. And expert class, it was you and you were la- leading going into the first turn, and Pritchard put you up high in the corner, and I <laughs> dive-bombed you guys and won the main. And that's when I knew. I'm like, oh, I can definitely hang with these guys. That's awesome. But I came from, see, before you guys knew me, I came from this, um, we used to race NBA, NBMXA, whatever the heck they called it. And it, like, in our area, just basically, they restructured or whatever and didn't want to include us. So um, we used to race this sanction called EBA. So I was already kind of, like, used to winning. Like, I had honed my skills there. I just hadn't really put it to the national level. And when I right. first started racing you in 88, I was just coming off a knee injury. Like I was telling um I was telling Joe, I had already raced against guys like Doug Jika and Donnie Heyer Whoa. and Billy All cuz they would come to these Can-Am indoor races. Jason Hill and Jason Smith would come to them. And Holy uh Dude, you were throwing out some solid names, yeah. dude. So I I had already known that like at at that scale that I could I could beat those guys, but then when you go to the national, I didn't know everybody i didn't you know i didn't have a clue to like who was who so it took me a while to like learn everybody and try to learn i was always into like trying to figure out people's weaknesses to try to so i could figure out where i could beat them so it took me a while to like to to get everybody down type to try to figure out what i had to do to try to you know and also made me figure out what i had to do to get better so i could compete at that high level but i remember that i was thinking after joe said that he wanted to uh you know, do this, this podcast. I remember distinctly that, that win in that main was just like, that just catapulted me. It just gave me so much, uh, so much confidence that I could definitely, you know, do it. It's amazing what, what a win will do. Like you get that first win. It's like, Oh, I got this. And then, and then it snowballs. Yeah. That's amazing. Like I think some of my favorite races to watch you race were with, um, chill Phil. 
Yeah. You guys are bad dude. Yeah. Such yeah. good races. And I'm like, I don't know who's going to win this one. I, 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 don't, I, want, I don't know. <laughs> you guys are so good together. So much fun to watch race. Like, I enjoyed that immensely. It was like watching Gaska and Strelecki race. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, dude, I, was getting, I was getting on the fence for those races, dude. You're one of them. Yeah. Like I was it, and it was, and it was, it was a pleasure and an honor to have you on Reynolds Racing as well. Like that was. Thank you. That, that was, was awesome. That was a pleasure to be a part of that. You, not only were you just a fantastic athlete, but you were a great person, and you always, always were, and always are. And that for me is always overshadowed how good someone is on the bike or on the court or on the field their character will always be more important to me than what they do on the bike. You happen to have both of them, and that was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, Barry was asking who would have wanted to put over a turn, and I said I didn't really race that way. So it, right. Well, no, no. I think right. he said he wanted to put Barry over, <laughs> wow. but Barry was too big, and he couldn't do it. Dude, bounce off him. I, I, I bounced off of Barry a whole bunch. I'm not get him. I bounced off him. I'm like, well, don't ever do that again. Like, because it would just hurt myself because I'd come to a stop. And he just keep rolling, and I get beat. And I'm like, well, well, okay, that won't happen again. <laughs> I think the I think the coolest thing for me, especially with the Reynolds, uh, you know, not only being a part of that and and being able to ride for you and and help you out with that, and just being a part of that whole team, was watching you make that that leap from you know a sponsored factory rider to now owning a company, but also making that jump to to double A pro. And watching, you know, you progress was, and just really, you know, put it to those guys. I mean, you definitely had the talent. You had the riding ability. You had it all. I mean, you definitely, it was so much fun to root for you. And and uh, even after I, I retired, you know, I, I'd follow you in the magazines. And your gear just kept getting better and better. And it's like, oh, man, why did I quit? I could have been wearing that <laughs> stuff. I could have been wearing <laughs> shift stuff. The, the blue and white with the yep. shift. That was the jam. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a special time, and I appreciate that, man. Thank you. That that that, that weekend, I was saying to Barry, that, that famous picture, there's so much stuff that's in that picture of of the five of us with you and Cole yeah. Grove staring at each other and, and Barry standing on that three-foot step ladder, and then yeah. I'm standing in that hole and, and Josh Henry is there. That's the weekend yeah. you were like, you were like winning like, pro motos against like some heavy hitters and i actually thought you won that weekend you corrected me i could have swore you won that weekend i know i remember you won at least one of the pro mains you know what i was i was i was good for that i was good for a main and then i would mess up the other two my head wasn't always in the right place um but you know uh, if i could go back that would be one thing that i would definitely try to improve on and i didn't know anything about a sports psychologist or or anything like that i was just Go out there and go as fast as I could, but I couldn't recreate it all the time. That was the hard part. <laughs> we and all had that problem. Off. You know what? The thing is, I would get pissed off because I'd mess up in class. And this was even when I was an amateur. And I'd go beat the shit out of everybody in open. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, dude, what, what are you doing? It's the same exact thing. How are you not doing this in class? Yeah. It's so dumb. And then when I turn pro, I do it in cruiser or open. I, win, I, I don't know how many pro opens and cruisers I won, <laughs> but it's a bunch. But I got one double A win because I would get so mad. I'd just go house them. In the other class, and I'm just like, "Good God, Craig, what are you doing?" And and you're right because I can I can remember you went in open mains, and it would be like, like Sam or Alano, like Chris Meeker, you know, I'd be in there. I mean, there'd be some some guys older than you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you just you just kill us. I was so mad. Honestly, I look back at that. I'm like, Craig, really, what, really? Cool. <laughs> 
Wow, it's, it's one of those things, like you say, you need a sports psychologist. You know that I like play golf now and like playing golf. Now I understand. Like if I knew now from playing golf and being humbled every other shot, what it's like, then you wouldn't take it so badly in BMX because you just have to like roll with the punches. You're just, exactly. you're not going to have the perfect lap every time around. Yep, exactly. And then that was my problem. I wanted to run the perfect lap all the time. So like I. I wanted to get out and just run away from people all the time. <laughs> mm, that's how I was. You know? I did it once. I should be able to do it all the time. Right, exactly. And then when I wouldn't, I'd beat myself up. Like, why? What are you doing? Like, yep. dude, settle down. Just have fun with it. So and it's that, funny because what I learned in BMX is what I I teach my son. Like when he starts to get upset about something, I'm like, hold on, dude, let's think about this. I, I, I wish I had been able to do that for myself, but man, I sure as hell am passing that on as much yeah. as I can, so he can be. A thousand times better than I ever could have hoped to be, no matter what he's going to do. That's definitely going to help. I mean, it, my dad definitely helped me with that. He was like the, the calming voice sometimes. I'd be all have a bad weekend or, you know, just one bad day, and he'd be like, all right, tomorrow's a different day. You know, always had that positive outlook, you know. Yes. Just build on it type thing. Mm. Yep. Dude, that's awesome. I love that. Dude, one of these days we're going to meet halfway. Yeah. And we're going to get a, get a golf, golf game in. I'll just come to North Carolina. You got all the good courses. Dude, let's go. Unless, you, unless you want to come up and play Beth Page Black and get humbled. Dude, um, <laughs> how about I just walk the course with you and I'll take the, and I'll take pictures. That would be fantastic. Are you no, you got to play. Dude, you got to play. Start to practice. Then I got to put some more. I got to get to the range. Then. Well, let's put it this way: if you play that course, they're already giving you ten strokes, so you, you can just throw ten away because. If you shoot like an eighty-two, it's really a seventy-two. So if you shoot a ninety, it's really an eighty. So that's yeah, that sounds like a good idea yeah. to me. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we definitely when this pandemic uh, nonsense is over, we definitely got to. Uh, I'm gonna make a road trip down there. I want to play Pinehurst. Is that near you? You got to have some sick courses near you. A couple hours away, hour away, pretty close. It's pretty, it's close enough. I live right by Quail Hollow too, but you're oh, not wow. getting on that shit. There's no, no, I can't even. I don't have that kind of pull to get onto that course. We could sneak on. You know what? That'd be great. <laughs> Playing through, thanks. No, man. Those times are so much fun, though. The ah, cycle when you were on Cyclecraft, and then, uh, and then the the bad. That's you jumping those doubles at Nashville, right? You know what? I looked at that picture and I'm like, man, that's got to be me because I don't think anyone else had that half yellow bike. Mm-hmm. Um, because I told the bad them, I was like, Hey guys, I want a half yellow bike. And I thought they would just half chrome, half yellow, half, half powder coat it. No, dude, that whole thing was chrome. They just powder coated half of the frame. <laughs> that shit was so heavy that I didn't even realize until it was done. I'm like, wait a minute. I scratched it. And I'm like, Oh my God, there's chrome under here. Uh, <laughs> that's no good. But no, that, that's got to be me. Cause I got a really short stem on. I remember those bars and, and sometimes Eric would do something I'm like, Hey, that looks like me a little bit. But that, that's me, because I used to run a really short stem, because I didn't want the, the bars to be too far out in front of the head tube. So I just run the shortest stem that I could possibly get, um, because the bike would handle different. And I liked how it handled that way. But um, I couldn't believe I saw that, that photo. I was like, whoa. As soon as I saw it, like, I, I, that's who I thought of. That's got to be Craig, before I even looked at oh, any comments. Yeah, now I was like, holy shit, dude. I must have been walking people, because I don't even see anyone's front tire coming off the, no. the jump, too. You always had the the best bikes. Crazy. I should have like raced your bike on twenty inch and taken Barry's twenty inch and raced it for cruiser. That would have been the two perfect bikes for me. Dude, no. Barry's like you can't do a manual on that thing. His twenty inch rode it was like it was the same size as my cruiser. It might be bigger. Oh, yeah. Right? Right? Every right. time I used to jump on your bike, whether it was when you rode 
for Cyclecraft, bad, or especially the Reynolds, it's like, uh, I'm like, I used to go home, like, trying to set it up the same way, and I'm like, it still doesn't ride like his. Dude, you should have, you know what? You should just take it out. I, I would have built another one. <laughs> I should have. Like, you just switched the plates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dwayne and I did that at the ABA Grands. The year I won Pro Cruiser on the ABA Grand, at the ABA Grands, Dwayne's bike didn't show up. So for the first moto, he had to ride my bike. And I'm standing in the gate waiting for the waiting for the left to go. I'm looking at the start. I'm like, hang on a second. He's got my bike. And it was so funny because I'm just standing there nonchalant because, you know, it's Cruiser and I don't give a shit. Right. And he gives me a bike. I win the lap. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Just thinking nothing of it. Get on the gate for 20 inch. I'm all torqued up and wrenched over. And I'm like, dude, you're so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. I did that one year at South Park with Gaskins Cruiser. Something happened really? to mine. I raced it all weekend. I think I got second behind Barry both days. Holy shit. Gaskins Cruiser was low, yeah. right? Super low. Dude, I best thought. tabletop I've ever seen. I was standing on in the bleachers. South Park, second turn. Gasket comes out of the second turn, like, ripping, dude. Just <laughs> ripping. Like, going so fast. I was like, God damn. And he hit that tabletop, and just the flattest tabletop at, you know, Mach 9. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was so <laughs> badass. I, still can, I can still see it to this day, like, vivid, because it was perfect. Just... Cruiser, flat can be doing 100 miles an hour. Just pow! Yeah. And like that, you don't get better than that. Like that was the best. He was, and I, yeah. I, that's the one thing I loved about BMX was that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. But there's so much creativity and so much individual style. Yeah. And we all did different things. And it was just so fascinating. And I feel so fortunate to have been able to be in that era. Like it was unbelievable. Dr. Smooth. Yeah. I think we had. I think we raced in the best time. I do too. Ronnie really was do. being on. I was on Ronnie's. I was teammates with Ronnie for Whitman's and Dan's and Dan's TNT. Um, he wow. was one of the just one of the coolest dudes. But like, he was so low key, and you didn't you didn't realize how good of a rider he was. Like you had an idea, but until you just like goofed around with him and watched him just do like crazy one foot wheelies and. And ride like national tracks backwards and just do all this crazy stuff. You didn't realize like how good of a rider he was. You saw how smooth he was, but like right. the stuff he would do after the races was almost as impressive, if not more impressive, as like just watching him race. Just See, the crazy that's what made stuff. Him so good because he had that that mindset of let's do this differently. Let's let's triple over this and transfer into the next turn. Like that's the the shit that makes him so much fun. Yeah. When you're looking at it as a as an empty canvas and you can just do whatever you want to do that was some good stuff and his bikes were always dialed shoot of course they were of course they were he he was dialed every part of him was dialed so so besides your reynolds i've always wanted to ask you this so besides your reynolds what was the best frame you ever raced like if you could only race one frame and it wasn't your the reynolds what what would have been uh the jmc daryl young yeah that was it, dude. That bike. So, did you did you remember Jay Hamby? Yeah, he was a V yeah. pro from from Illinois. Mm-hmm. Great guy, like one of the best people. Again, character. Mm-hmm. We're in in North Carolina at the race that's on the speedway, and I'm on. I don't know what bike I was riding at that point, but I was having the worst weekend. I was like 14 expert, and I was the, I was just so getting hammered by people that should not be beating me at all, and I'm like. 
I don't know what's going on. My dad's like, dude, I don't know what's going on either. I'm like, I'm, I don't know what's happening. And Jay comes over, and we're hanging out and chatting. He goes like, hey, dude, I think your bike's too small. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, your, your bike's too small. And I never thought of it, right? Cause we're just, I'm just riding. I'm just riding my bike. But I sucked, and I couldn't get a gate. I just, I was horrible. He's like, next moto, ride my bike. And I'm like, no, nah, dude, I'm not going to do that. He's like, no, no, next moto, ride my bike. And I'm like, okay. And he had a Daryl Young. Front brakes, tall bars, like, <laughs> big bike, dude. And I'm like, this shit's too big. This is going to suck. And I'm walking up to the, the, the staging area, and I'm pushing it. And I'm like, this thing is huge. Dude, I got on the gate, and I was gone. <laughs> gone. Like, I should. I, I, think, I don't know if I raced all the rest of the weekend or what. It might have been the third moto, and I had two eights. So I didn't make it out of shape, and we went home. <laughs> oh, dude, I was, I, out, I was like, what in the world? Dude, we didn't even get home. My dad was on the phone. Order that bike. Get that bike in. We need that bike. And dude, that was the game changer. <laughs> that was the game changer. And then when I got picked up by MCS, I sent them that frame so they could copy it. So Fabweld made an MCS off of my James C. Darrell Young. That's and then awesome. finally, I outgrew that, and they just—I I, I don't know what I did. I think I knew the geometry of it, and I just had to extend the front tube because I needed more room. Got long yeah. legs, so I needed more space. Yeah, they were short. Um, yeah, but man, dude, that but that was the bike. That bike changed my my existence. That that generosity from Jay changed my career because I was like, dude, if this is gonna be like this, I'm done. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not going across the country to get hammered. Like, forget <laughs> it. <laughs> didn't think you've got taller Reynolds maybe you need a bigger bike oh surprise <laughs> you think yeah yeah when I wrote when I wrote for Whitman's I was on a uh, uh, I was riding a JMC oh dude such wow. wonderful bikes dude ahead of the time yep. right yeah. thin tubes fast just perfect oh, geometry gosh. like you said perfect mm-hmm. and absolutely and that was the bike that I built everything off of I knew what I wanted, like when I did realms racing, I, I knew how I wanted it to feel and how I wanted it to feel was similar to that. I wanted it to be responsive. I wanted it to have a, a high enough bottom bracket that I could pedal out of corners and not worry about spiking the, the pedal. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to respond quick. I wanted a, a fast head tube. And I don't know if it was as fast as the DY, but um, you know, my head tube was 74 degrees, C2 to 73. Like you don't need a laid back C post. No. You can't get behind it when you talk over a jump. Yep. Plus, with that laid back T post, it actually makes the top, two, the bottom tube shorter. Mm. Because if you have a top, a twenty one inch top tube, and you've got a sixty seven degree seat angle, think about how short that bottom tube has to be in order yeah. for it to get to the bottom bracket. So no, I, I, I don't know if, how, what people use as a pivot point. I think they use the intersection from the seat stays and the top tube as the 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 part that they work off of for the geometry. I used the bottom bracket because I needed to make sure that there was enough space between the bottom bracket and the head tube. And I'm like, well, if you steepen that seat tube, it pushes the front end down. You just have to lengthen the, the bottom tube. And, you know, my, my wacky way of thinking, that made sense. And I'm like, all right, so I want a 21-inch top tube with a 73-degree seat tube, and that'll give me enough space. And yep. that's what I worked off of. Yeah, and those bikes were perfect. Yeah, it was fun. It was mm, so much fun. So much fun. So much fun. What was that? Um, um, I was telling Joe about that frame that I got from uh, from Paulson, from Dave. It's which it's one? it's a Reynolds and it's got the uh, it's got a a head on it. It's got a threadless fork, but it doesn't have canny mounts. Oh, so that was one of the first ones. First, mm-hmm. yeah, one yeah. of the first. Uh, think, oh wait, oh wait, I don't know. 
there were double uh, double plates on the on the chainstays too. Yeah, that was those were those were the first ones. Those were early, yeah. early, early, early models. Well, that was be- um, that was not the early one because the first ones were uh, the forks were threaded. This is a yeah. The this... first ones were the first, yeah. So I don't know if I went yeah. to if I went to the inch and an eighth before candy mounts or candy mounts and then inch and an eighth. I mean, it must have been inch and an eighth before the candy mounts. Yeah. Hmm. I got that. That must have been how, how how it was. I got to build that up. Yeah, this there's a Reynolds oh, Racing Museum here, Craig. Yeah. I'm not kidding. You know, you know who had a really good collection? It was uh, Jason Parrott before he passed away. Um, we used to race together on Complete Cyclists. It was me, Ben Spike, Jason Parrott, Jay Hamby, maybe someone else too, but those were the, the key key dudes. And Jason came to my house one day because I went over there because my parents were like, look, we're going to sell the house. And I'm like, oh, I better go get all my stuff. And I went over there and I'm throwing stuff away because I'm like, you know what? I got the memory. I don't need all this stuff. I'm not. I'm not storing this and taking it with me everywhere I go. I'm like, I'm. I'm good. I got it. It's too bad Jason Lisa can't over. talk me into that. Dude, he <laughs> called me and for some reason he called me that day and I'm like, oh, dude, I'm at my parents' house. I'm talking to somebody. He's like, what, wait, wait, what did you say? I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm just getting rid of stuff because I don't. I, I got. I. I don't need it. I can't keep it. I don't want it. I got the memories. That's what I. I got it. And he's like, I'm gonna come over. And whatever you don't want, I'm taking. And I was like, dude, are you serious? Dude, he grabs like a garbage truck full of stuff. Wow. Like, I'm not joking. I don't know where it is now. You know, he passed away, so I'm not sure what, what happened to all of it. But he uh, he had a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff, which is pretty cool. Wow. I have, I think I have my original one back at my parents' house, and I have three at my house here. Holy Moses, dude. I got one of them. It's got a Browning two-speed on it. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude. I yep. talked to Daryl Young the other day. Yeah. Oh, Speaking man. of Browning two speeds, yeah. Every time I think of him, I think of that thing. Yeah. For some crazy reason. That's what yeah, made man. me put it on there. I saw, I saw a picture of his, uh, his JMC. No, it was his JMC. And I, I saw that, and I saw it, somebody was selling one on eBay, and I was like, oh, I picked mm-hmm. this up for like a hundred bucks or something. So I slapped it on there. Does it work still? It works. As I was telling Joe, it's like it, the things are so finicky. It's like you got to get it perfect for it to work. I haven't like. Gotten it to the point. I'm afraid to snap with it because I'm afraid the like chain will pop off. Don't do that. Do <laughs> right. That's all, that's all I need man, to do. Don't do it. If you want to golf anymore this year, don't do it. No. Leave it alone. That's all I need to do. Brand new neighborhood, bunch of little kids, you know. Oh, Lisa right. telling me not to do it, going out in the front of the house and like blowing a chain and like she just leave me laying there. I told you not oh, to yeah. do that. Road, she... rash on, road, ra- road rash on your face. Yeah. Huh? See? Oh, huh? God. Good luck. Lisa, just leave me laying there and be like, uh, I'll call you when dinner's ready. Dude, that's hilarious. <laughs> I told you to stay that's off hilarious. that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I told you not to mess around with the Browning Tuesday and doing the gate start. <laughs> Forget, it. Forget it. Well, listen, man, I don't want to cut you guys off because I could do this for Oh, time. yeah. Thanks for calling. Go it's so good to hear from you. We will play oh, golf. Dude, love, it's so we will. wonderful hearing from you. I love keeping up on, and that is the one thing that I love about social media is that I can keep the people I care about. Yeah. Other than that, the rest of the shit can go away. But that's <laughs> the best part about it. Agreed. Yes. So you gentlemen enjoy the rest of your day. And Thanks, yes, Craig. Whitey, we are going to get some golf together. We yes. get the whole two B team together. To, no, no, never mind. You and I will do that. We'll meet up later. <laughs> That'd be fun to watch, though. Oh, that would be entertaining. No question. But I don't want them in our foursome. No. Our right. <laughs> no. Oh, man. 
<laughs> you guys enjoy it, man. Thank you for letting me call in. This is awesome. Thanks, it, Craig. That it, is a pleasure. Craig, thanks for uh, doing it. And, uh, you're and the best. keep up the good work on the real influencers. Yep. Awesome. I appreciate that, buddy. We'll get you on there sometime, too. Cool. All right. All right. All right, guys. I'll talk to you soon. See okay. You. Take care. Bye. Bye. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no more surprises. I'm down with surprises. Those are good surprises. All right, good. Um, all right, Craig's such a good dude. Yeah, he is. He, he definitely is. You listen to him interview, and you've heard some of his, right? Oh, yeah, it's phenomenal. And they're just, they're, they're really good. He was born to do that, that when he was announcing and stuff. He did such a good job. Oh, yeah, that's right. The ESPN stuff. Well, we don't want to make this Craig Reynolds podcast, but uh, when, that was late 80s, right? I'm sorry, late 90s. Yeah. Uh, into the 2000s? ESPN. I I think maybe. Or did they quit it before it couldn't have gone sure. long? It was the, the ESPN series. That's the one thing that always kind of killed BMX. Mm-hmm. They'd have these these um, TV shows, these races, and they always had, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to say the announcers were terrible, but they just didn't fit like the the riders and the whole sport. Uh, right. You know, and that was probably before a lot of that stuff in the 80s was before they had like uh, announcers that are specific to that sport yeah but it was always so it's like always the worst thing you'd like watch some race yeah those first espn things with you know they had the pro uh pro series with greg hill and them mm-hmm. and the announcers was like so bad oh and it just right, was right. like it just it kind of killed it you almost like want to turn the, the tv up not mm-hmm. that they were bad announcers they just they just didn't know the verbiage and just didn't know the people yeah. and they're trying to like yeah. you can hear them reading the moto sheet while half the race is over mm-hmm. trying to figure out who's leading but later on when uh probably just before craig i think doug luden was doug luden right? too and and he was really good but those guys salvaged it yeah you know i, I, that, I believe i think that definitely helped i mean and yeah. then because they never had like the announcers they should have just used like linda dorsey or, or greg uh roger plaskett right to do it like right. just do the voiceover or something would have been mm-hmm. better yeah, because they knew all the riders. I don't think half the time once the mains came, they didn't even looking at the moto sheets mm-hmm. anymore, because they just knew. Right, a good announcer, right. like yeah. Doug Luden, same thing. I mean, he could call a race. He probably didn't even have the moto sheet in his hand. Right, right. Which is tough when it's when you're watching younger kids too. Yeah, it's not uh, most of us watching people around our age. That was uh, interesting when Barry touched on that about like living. You know, he was him and Craig and them were in the Midwest, mm-hmm. but we all had that same. You know, you and I, you being yeah. from Connecticut, me being from New York, we had that like. Well, you were from Siberia. Yeah, and we were up there. Yeah. Um, you know, you had that three or four month delay where you just couldn't ride, really. Mm-hmm. You couldn't race. I mean, there was a race like I think we were talking about maybe once a month. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you traveled. If you traveled. So going back to EBA days, yeah, we had they had indoor races, but they were indoor concrete. Oh, you see, with the wooden, wooden jumps. Oh, yeah. it was so much fun. Yeah, and the electricity around. They had, they would have one in the fall, before Christmas. I think mm-hmm. it was like October, November in Syracuse, which was like an hour from our house. Yeah, and then they have one, which is always a good one because it was around. I think it was, actually, a couple of years they had like Syracuse. Then they had Can-Am, which was in Niagara Falls, right mm-hmm. next to the falls. Mm-hmm. And then they would have another Can-Am in the spring. Wow. Um, and those are the ones that Billy All and those guys would come to. And uh-huh. it was just so much fun because you would race those races, mm-hmm. especially Niagara Falls. It was like a mall. Yeah. Um, we'd all go out, goof around, like mm-hmm. hang out in the mall, try to talk to girls, like, you know, mm-hmm. and just like goof around. Yeah. And the track was good. Yeah. And it was because yeah. it wasn't dirt. It didn't get sick with the you know that sinus the by, dirt sinus stuff. The can the 
Yeah, the, one by the, Niagara Falls. Yeah, the the Syracuse indoor and the, oh, right. the Niagara Falls Can Am indoor. Mm-hmm. They were wooden jumps. They they figured out. I don't know how he did it. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Robbins, who was in charge, the Robbins family. Oh right, right, um, right. Don, Don, yeah. husband Billy. He was like my. Mm-hmm. So the Robbins is there was there was three brothers mm-hmm. and a and a sister Roseanne. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Roseanne was the oldest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Joe was Jim's age. And then Kevin was Dan's age, and then mm-hmm. Billy was like a year younger than me. Oh, okay. So we had like the once we got good, like the Williams and Robbins family kind of had like a little rivalry going on. Right. We were all friends, right? But we all had like this rivalry because each one of us stacked up against the other one. Yeah. But right. yeah, his parents and they figured out this mix. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to put anything on the tires. They figured out some. They used Coca Cola syrup and they mixed it somehow. Mm-hmm. And you'd walk across the track and you'd almost pull your sneakers <laughs> off. Right. But you didn't yeah. have to use the the nair and right. the, all that stuff. It's yeah, just yeah. You, all you need is like um, street tires. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. And those races are so raced, much fun. Never raced concrete. So much fun. Concrete track. They all did right. such a good job with that. I'm gonna switch gears a little bit, and all right, let's let's get some of these uh, these questions. A, oh, that's the indoor. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, that's wild. I used to have these jumps. They would like they would build them in their uh, driveway, yeah, and then test them out, and then take them apart. Yeah. And they had them like I guess numbered or whatever, and they could build these tracks pretty quick. Yeah. So there's there's something that uh, that started to come to mind a, a bit more uh, when I was talking to when I interviewed John Bedesen. We were talking about his father, you know, loading him up yeah. and bringing him all over the place. And I was thinking about all of the the father son combinations that I've seen over the years. Um, and, and, you know, my dad, as you saw in the a recent post, I think I put it on Facebook too, yep. uh, he wasn't necessarily at the races, but he really supported what I did. And, you know, as I became an adult and right through my twenties up until my forties, when he passed, it was, he was just so proud of me, you know, doing it. And it made me think of you because your dad, Raj, Roger, he, I, I can picture him right now with the glasses, the the whole deal. I can I can yeah. picture him. So there were a lot of really cool father son combinations. Uh, Mr. Pool and, yeah. and Richie Wayne, um, Craig and his dad. Cra- yeah. Now I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Mostly because of the Midwest thing, but Ray Gagnon and Brian, yeah. um, Mark Heckler and Don Heckler, his dad Don. It was always taking pictures in the infield. Uh, remember he had the plaid shirt on yeah. with the trucker hat. It was always out there, yeah. and he got some great shots. The Streebies? Streebies, again, is a Midwest one I really didn't. I mean, Indiana, right? Yeah. Um, just didn't didn't see. It. I just didn't see it. it. We were probably just not in the yeah in the areas. But um, Mr. Cannon, oh god, he, he he was he was hilarious. And when yeah, you said that your dad when you got to the race, you guys went two different yeah. directions. My dad was so. I mean, he was. I, we were we were lucky as kids because my our parents just supported us and Dan and I played baseball mm-hmm. in high school and yeah. we'd have he'd be he was on varsity I was a JV because um, he was a couple years ahead of me in high school yeah um, so dad would go to one game and mom would go to the other one oh, even okay. uh, even on away games yeah. a lot of times like the a lot of times we would play varsity and JV would play the same school, but they'd be on two different fields, mm-hmm. and they would either split up or 
um, they would go back and forth between the two games. Uh-huh. But my my dad always supported us everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, you know, you don't. It's funny as we get older, you, you realize like what a sacrifice. Right. I don't think it really hit me until my dad retired from Mobile Chemical. Mm-hmm. And he'd been working there for like, like almost forty years. Yeah. Here's a guy that came in as like the shipping and receiving clerk, and when he left, he was like essentially the chief financial officer of the plastics division of Mobile Chemical, which is the garbage bags, hefty. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and wow. he gives you know they they call him up there, and before they come up there, they talk about like how he always talked about his family and how proud he was of the family and this and that. Mm-hmm. And then my dad gets up there in front of all his, his colleagues mm-hmm. and he basically, you know, talks about us. Right. And that's when I really realized that, that he, you know, he, as high as he went and he had people that came to us that had retired, that they piggybacked their retirement onto his because of, they were like, nobody would show up for so-and-so. Right. And they're like, and I realized yeah. that, like basically, guys that were supposedly above my father couldn't get enough people to come, so they piggybacked them off my father. Yeah. So my dad sacrificed, even though he was very successful. Yeah. You know, he gave up a lot for the family. Yeah. And then the traveling. You know, mm-hmm. you think about it. You know, for the parents to, like I said, I would just get in the, the van and just fall asleep half the time and sleep at least half the trip, depending on how far we went. Mm-hmm. But he would drive. We leave on a Thursday night, maybe to go to like Memphis indoor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drive all night, which was yeah. always if my dad drove all night and uh, didn't get sleep the next morning. You had to once you get back in the hotel, you had to get in bed and you had to like fall asleep before he did. Because if you didn't, he was gonna just snore all night and you'd never sleep. <laughs> but we we were lucky that uh, we got yeah. so much support. Yeah. Um, oh, Bobby Evan on his dad. Yeah, Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Although I was scared the hell of his dad. I don't know what, what it was, but I was a little scared of his dad. Maybe and it's because I was scared of Bobby. But. And his sisters. They travel oh a lot gosh. together. Mar- Maria is a sweetheart, yeah. too. Uh, she's going to hear this. Uh, she she is aware that this is being recorded. So Yeah, like I said, we used to it. go to, especially if uh, especially if the girls are with them, um, we would make it a point at least one of the either Friday mm-hmm. night or Saturday night. We'd Mr. Ivanella would find these amazing... Um, Italian restaurants. Yeah. There's actually one near Danbury. It's like the building's still there, but it's no longer the oh, restaurant. Okay. Yeah. But that was like a staple. We raced in uh, Bethel. Mm-hmm. We would go there, especially yeah. if the girls were in town sure. or with them. Yeah. Um, well, for a while, they were always there, right? Yeah. But that was, I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. I think I think how it helped us, too, is my father was like a great athlete. He was like oh. a three-sport athlete in high school and oh, stuff. I so I think that. he like, you know, he had three boys. Um, mm-hmm. And he just, uh, he used to get into it so much. He just loved the races. Yeah. I remember when he retired and then I retired and he was like, my mom's like, y- your dad's sad. And I'm like, why? He's like, cause he, he retired and you don't want to race anymore. I'm like, I'm 30. Uh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> cause right. I had, we had moved down here, Lisa and I moved to uh, Connecticut mm-hmm. in 99. And like I said, I couldn't top that year. The, the last year I had. Sure. I think I won 28 out of 30 nationals or something like something Jeez. crazy like that. Um, it is crazy. I think I lost in Orlando when I did a big power slide on TV and ESPN was filming. Uh-huh. Um, I think Jorg Delu beat me that weekend, and uh, yeah. and then Jorg beat me at the Grands, but I only had to stay a couple positions. Sure. So why? Yeah. Right. Why try to? I tried to beat him, but I couldn't get in front of him, so I figured I didn't want to crash. Right. So, right. 
he beat me. But those were the only two races, so I can't, mm-hmm. I couldn't top that. Right. Oh my gosh. But yeah. my dad was sad. He's like, I'm, I'm free now. I can travel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have the same thing happening with my son now. It just takes a different. It's been difficult. It's 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 taking a completely different role, and you're going there to say, hey, I, I just want to watch you surf. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen you surf in a while, and he he lives in Jersey now, so we went a couple weeks ago, and and I thought of all those connections when when we saw him, and I took some pictures and video of him surfing, and I was just like, it's the same, but it's different. You know, he's he's yeah sure, and but it I'm I'm sure he'll think about it more as he gets older. But you and you and I probably realize that impact a few years later yeah you know it's it's just as you get older it gets it gets it just seems to be more major mm-hmm. it's like you just realize the sacrifices i mean i realized yeah. it then and i thanked him and mm-hmm. you know he was always proud of us win or lose and you mm-hmm. know treated us all of us the same yeah um dan and jim and me i mean it was mm-hmm. no favorites you know did what he could for all of us and right um he was just, you know, super proud of us, like no mm-hmm. matter what we did. And even in life, mm-hmm. you know, my brothers have kids and, you know, super proud of him about that. And he was a great grandfather and everything like that. And mm-hmm. just so good. But you you don't realize when you're in it, like how, right? like I said, you get older, it's tough. You work Monday through Friday or you take that Friday off. So then you come back to work, you're tired on Monday. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to, because a lot of the, you know, NBL was like we're racing every weekend. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. And like I said, he was pretty high up in the company, so he had to get a lot of work done. Right. Yeah. That had to have been tough. And it wasn't like you could uh, work out of a, like like a lot of people do now because of the pandemic. You can't just uh, do a home office, no. you know, away. Yeah. Uh, not back then, I mean. Now you, yeah. now you could. Yeah, it would probably wouldn't be so hard. But he yeah. used to laugh. He's like, oh. We used to joke, like, oh, you know, he's like, oh, if I didn't take you guys to the race, I'd never use my vacation. He's probably right. Like, yeah. I'm sure he banked up quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that yeah. era, they didn't, you know, our parents didn't vacation that much for whatever reason. It just wasn't, sure. especially my parents, they just. Yeah. Oh, you know who else I thought of is Kerry Zins are in his dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yep. Rest in peace, Kerry. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh, Same with Bobby. That was such yeah, a. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was one of the worst days of my life. Really? It's, you know. I remember, I, I drove, I, Terry called mm-hmm. me and told me. Mm-hmm. And then I think Darren Waterbury called me, mm-hmm. or maybe I think Terry called me. And then Darren called me. Mm-hmm. I remember driving there, and it just it was so surreal. And then when I got there, the first person I saw was Mr. Ivanella, mm-hmm. and I think from the moment I saw him and hugged him, I don't think I stopped crying until I got mm-hmm. home. I right. mean, I I cried the whole time. I'm mm-hmm. I, I'm getting choked up now, but I it was just mm-hmm. horrible because we're not supposed to. That's to be, not supposed to happen no, to us. No, no. And as a father, you're not supposed to bury your kid. No. You know, and it's hard to even imagine. He was just—he was just one of the, the coolest people I think I've ever met. Just down. Bobby? He would do anything. He would do anything for you. Oh, his dad. Uh, or, or Mr. Ivanella, but Bobby himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he yeah. was like you know a lot of similarities with Mr. Mm-hmm. Ivanella and my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but like like we were saying with Barry, like. Bobby wreck you just because he, he was trying to beat you, but it was no, it was no ill will. Mm-hmm. It just was the, right. It was just in the heat of the moment, and afterwards it was. I mean, him and I were great friends, and we used to crash each other all the time, just because we were idiots. But right, right. You know, we never held it against each other, and you know, right. laugh about it, and right. that was the butt of the joke at dinner. You know, between my dad and Mr. Ivanella, laughing oh my about God. you. 
You know, we I, the whole ride home from Waterford that that weekend that we crashed each other and we took mm-hmm. one and two. And my dad's like, everyone smile. You go, yeah, one of you could have got a perfect. <laughs> we didn't crash each other over the first jump. Well, I had that under the uh, the title, the importance of dad. So we yeah. covered that pretty well. No, but it's huge. I just wanted to take a minute there, and and, uh, and I'm glad we talked about it. You know, with uh, well, Brian's question. And then, uh, you know, albeit a funny one, it was, it's, you know, it explains a lot about what these fathers had to go through, Yeah. you know, and, and picking a red roof in cause you know what you're going to get every time, <laughs> you know, it's that kind of funny stuff that, that, uh, I, I think is really cool. That but, was, that uh, was always the running joke with those guys. Like, yeah. are you guys staying red roof in? Dad <laughs> would just be like, yep. <laughs> but yeah. he was right though. They were, you, you knew what to expect. They were always yeah. clean. They were always comfortable. They had coffee for him. Right, which I don't think it mattered because he drank his coffee black. So I mean, it could have been anything. <laughs> right, right. And he loved McDonald's coffee, which I hear is just <laughs> brutal. Oh man! All right, I'm gonna hit some questions because okay. we are smoking. We're almost at two hours. We're smoking right along. Did you think it was gonna go this fast? No, no, no. You it's listen fine. to him, and you're like, yeah. Oh wow, it's a long time. You like look at the time first, and you're like. God, this is long. You think you'd run out of stuff to talk of talk no, about? Hell no. I, I've got many more, but that's the reason I involve people that listen too. So uh, actually, I'm going to do this one now because this this is a little bit of Steve Crandall, a little bit of Paul is Paul is Vester. Um, oh man, uh, and someone else too. Oh, Steve Budnick. So anyway, I am going to. I'll read each of theirs and maybe pause it. Uh, Paul's is somewhat unique, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read Paul separately. Sorry about that. And by the way, Steve Smith is the guy I was thinking of from oh, Ohio. Yeah. yeah, it was Steve Smith. Yep, he was he was he was strong. Yeah, he was a strong dude, and he raced Todd Lyons. He was like his age, I think. They were all he was in and, that group. Yeah, they yeah, were because they were like a year behind me, so they've been racing against you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, actually, I mentioned this one quick. Um, oh man, I miss this guy, Brent Smith from Canada. Yep. Um, he's an EBA guy yeah that's where he met oh really yeah okay I've known Brent for yeah it's just like the early 80 1980 oh okay 81 82 somewhere in there he, he was so funny and fun every time we saw him he was great uh, he said which Williams brothers started racing first uh, which we talked about yeah, was, that was Jim that was Jim it's his idea we all actually raced the first first mm-hmm. race we all did at the same time oh okay yeah oh okay but it was Jim's idea gotcha uh, how did you get started? We talked about that. And tell us about your rat older brother, Jimmy, getting on the Honey's Pizza Factory team. Yeah, so that was like, that was like the team. They were, came out of Niagara Falls. I had these really good riders, and uh, Jim became friends with uh, Larry Pacifico Jr., mm-hmm. and they got picked up. And I, I remember they would go to these races. I remember one time they went to, um, they picked Jim up, and they went to the Pontiac Silverdome and raced. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Jim came home. He, I think he might have made the main, but he had this tire mark on the back of his frame. From it was from Eddie King, and I remember I would just <laughs> I would go and look at his bike until yeah. it like finally wore off. Yeah, but he had yeah. this big rubber mark on his thing. And he's like, "Oh, it was from Eddie King. It was in the semi, <gasps> one of the semis." Yeah. Um. So yeah, Jim got. But that was like the team. I always wanted to ride for them. Oh man, that's they had wild. some. They had some good. There was a guy that rode for him, Barry Printup. Yeah. He um. He lived on an Indian reservation in uh, Niagara Falls. Yeah. Um, yeah. 15X, he was. Yeah. He could hold his own against those guys. Mm-hmm. Again, that goes to that Western New York. We were, like, isolated. Yeah. But there was these guys that came out of there. 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, Billy's uh, brother Joe was, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't know. I guess he was national number NBL national number two in cruiser uh, against the likes of like Timmy Judge and oh uh, Charlie Williams and and Kenny Amon and those guys. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's. But yeah, Honey's Pizza was like they had these rad. I guess they were kind of ugly, but they were green and yellow. Yeah. Uniforms. Stick out. They totally stuck out. Yeah. And, and then, they, they were a Canadian company? No, they were Niagara Falls. It was a pizza and wings place. Oh, I'm sorry. That Mr. Pacifico, okay. yeah. Okay. And then Jim went from there, and then he got picked up by Cool Tool. Okay. Um, for a little bit. They, there was a national that came to, NBL national that came to the fairgrounds in mm-hmm. Buffalo, and then they raced the following day at Amherst Supercross. And Jim was like, he was hanging with like Paul Gosrow and uh, and uh, Zaggers and uh, really? yeah some of those guys. I mean, he was like right with those guys, beating them in the motos. I think. Wow. The one day he got the first day he got called for jumping the gate, which there's a video of it, and there's no mm-hmm. way he jumped the gate. He just got the start of his life. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the second day, I think at Amherst, he got a couple seconds or a couple thirds. Yeah. Wow. Waylon uh, Waylon uh, Malin Malin Abrams. Abrams. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think Whalen, he was in his moto one day. He was on so, like MT or something like that. I, I that's that's before Jim hurt his shoulder. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean that Honey's Pizza. That's mm-hmm. that's a throwback. Yeah. So let me get to. Well, let's do. Let's fire this one out because this is it's an easy one. Uh, I raced this guy. He's from Canada. I raced him at Milton, um, Milton, Ontario, right? I think that would have been Track Two Thousand. Yeah. Uh, Derek Nishin. I think that's how you say his name. Yep. Uh, I remember trying to snap my arms like Whitey <laughs> and had my 09 gloves with the wrist wraps undone, but done up with a twist like him. So imagine that. He watched He watched everything yeah, you did. Yeah, a lot going on there. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, the 09. Remember the 09 wrist wraps? I do. So we used to, we didn't wrap them around the wrist and we'd, we'd twist them. Uh-huh. And then you'd put the Velcro so it... So it would flap. Yeah. And then when I, so in the EBA days, I used to run like hard gears. Uh-huh. I was like a throwback to like David Milham or, uh, or, uh, Brian Gagnon. Uh-huh. I ran like, we'd like run those in, indoor races I showed you a picture of. Sure. I'd run like a 46, 16 indoors. Yeah. My outdoor gear was a 47, 16. So in order to get the gear really? going, we'd snap out of the gate. Yeah. And then we would like, we hard. called it spaghettiing. We would like. Oh my God. Yeah, it was big years. It wasn't until I started racing the MBL um, yeah. that I started spinning. Wow. Um, went down to, I ran a 42.15, but I went from a 47.16, uh-huh. racing the EBA race uh, tracks that were smaller, mm-hmm. to racing these big MBL tracks running like a 44.16. Yeah. Yeah, 45 was considered yeah. hard. But in oh, order hard. to get the gear going back then, you'd have the, like, we call it spaghetti, and so you'd yeah. like kind of like pull really hard. And like for probably the first ten or fifteen pedals to get the gear moving, and then just pedal normal. I've never heard it called that. That's oh, yeah. funny. That's that's that was funny. that was like the signature thing that I used to do before. I would like try mm-hmm. to wheelie everywhere. Right. Oh god. All right. I'm gonna go to Paul Isbester's uh, question, and then we'll get into the pines. Paulie was this. a he. He was another guy that like New York state wise. He was a little bit younger, but we ended up mm-hmm. seventeen and over. Him and I was like every weekend. It was him and me. Mm-hmm. It was like. Oh, later on, you guys were. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it was for in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was it was me against it was me and Paul against each other. I I, yeah. I won most of those battles, but I mean he was always right there with me. And then he there came a point where, um, right towards the end when I retired, he was beating me more than I was beating him. Right, right. We had a good little rivalry going on in the yeah. uh, in the NBL uh, New York State series. He, he was good. Yeah, he was very good. I rode mountain bikes with him and his son uh, last fall summer. I can't remember when. Anyway, he's doing really well. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's, it's his father strong. just passed. Oh too. yeah, I saw that. That's terrible. Yeah, that's Sorry another father that son. Yeah, another father father son deal with the big camper and Paul. Paulie was tough. You had to, you had to get up in front of him. Yeah, because he he was the first part of the track was probably his weakness, mm-hmm. but the second part of the track was his strong point. Mm-hmm. And he would just, I mean, there's, I have some videos where I have a big lead on him and he just like reels me in to the yeah. point where it like almost gets me at the line. Yeah. Like, yeah. like pulls it in to where it, it gets interesting mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. I, I have, I'm, I'm nodding because I have a recording of you guys at, uh, well, I won at Binghamton. I, I think it was the Ironman up in Binghamton uh, where you guys were racing each other. And uh, I have one of you guys at Bethel and he, all either caught you or almost caught you at the line. And if you remember that header, it's fixed now if you've been over there. But it kind of went uphill. It went bit. uphill. Yeah, yeah. You went up this little, I don't know. It was just like a ramp up to a flat. Yeah, it just kind of the whole. You didn't notice it, it until you got on it. They were trying to make it pitch down, but yeah. it didn't. No, it, was, it actually it slows up coming out of that corner. Yeah, yeah. There's probably there could be a ledge. There could be anything going on there that's stopping that yeah. from happening. But but now it's now it's a rhythm. A, yeah, a bunch of rollers. It's. It's fast now, um, but anyway, yeah, I know what you exactly what you're talking about. He's he used to pull people yeah. in all the time. He really in. Yeah, see, he wants to know, and this is really interesting to me. I've got a whole whole bunch of names on this topic: upstate versus downstate. The local racing scene in Western New York. Who were Whitey's local heroes when he started? I think we talked a bit about that. Um, how did the pines come out? We're going to go with that with with Crandall and uh, Steve. But next questions. Um, let's see. Yeah, so uh, upstate, this... downstate. It. I mean, downstate New York was always predominantly better as far as like yeah. the amount of good riders. But upstate New York, where I was from, we had this hotbed. We had, you know, like I said, Eamon, right. Robbins. You know, my brother mm-hmm. Jim, my brother Dan. Um, the Silloways, Tim Gabriel, um, myself, uh, you know, guys from Buffalo, Marshall, Dave James, um, Canadian guys, you want to throw them in there, mm-hmm. Brent Smith and his brother and Andy Caswell yeah. and um, yeah. um, what's his name? Campbell Milliken. Yeah. Like yeah. those guys. I mean, that was yeah. so we were kind of, I always consider those guys because they're right there. Right. Lisa's home, uh, yeah. um, but I mean we had really good riders. We just didn't have you know, like as many good mm-hmm. riders. Sure. Um, you well, know, the- my one of my training partners, uh, oh Bill Bouye, mm-hmm. national number one cruiser, um, Jeff Amico, who uh, his yeah. sister Jeff and um, we got him written down Jennifer. Too. Yeah. So I mean we we just didn't have we had the caliber riders, the DeVrieses After I had retired, they came on. Uh-huh. Um, there's probably name. people I'm forgetting, but well, uh, Wolfer is one I always think of. But he may yeah, have but he was Long Island. Wolfer, he was, yeah, he's a Long Island guy. Yeah, Eric. Wow, I don't know why I thought he was uh, at least mid state, if not up. Yeah, 
Yeah, so as far as the the quality of riders, we definitely had it, but we just didn't have the mm-hmm. quantity. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and it it's funny because uh it, it's almost like you're in a different state. Yeah. I mean, it, we were so far we're, away. You relatively speaking, you kind of were. I mean, it's yeah. a whole different climate. You know, those guys don't have snow. No. You know, right now. Yeah, we, we might have. You know it how the winters are. Yeah, the winters are are far more mild and you guys were getting Heaps of snow. I don't know how much. Yeah. We were in a ton, just depending on the winter. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. But So, yeah, just that that upstate versus downstate. But, yeah, that explains it. And we all know about Long Island, so we don't need to rehash that. But that's how the the EBA kind of flourished. It was kind Mm -hmm. of its own little EBA was Western New York. Yeah. um, Central New York, Syracuse, and uh, Ontario, Canada, and part Mm -hmm. of Pennsylvania. Right. And it thrived for... A few years. I mean, some good riders came out of there. Dave Bovell got picked up by Factory Patterson one year, I wow. think, in uh, 88, 89. Whoa. Uh, he went on to play, like, pro football, I think. Wow. Yeah. That's a big deal. The Caswells had, like, Mongoose sponsors, Andy and his his brother. Yeah. So the the quality was definitely there. It's mm-hmm. just we didn't have the, the quantity of good riders. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, I know this has to do with the Volkswagen GTI. Oh, yeah. That I believe Chris DeCuto got. Yeah, which but, I think I've almost... I had a problem getting the title. I don't know if Chris still has it, but yeah. with COVID, um, I was having trouble getting the title for oh, him. But I think yeah. I might have... I think I might have... I got to get a hold of him. But anyway, yeah. Well, he, he just said, did you ever... Uh, Ottawa... Oh, Autocross. Is that what that means? Yeah. Okay. Or nah. track day, the GTI, like at Lime Rock or something. No, nah, I wish. I had a 91 uh, Volkswagen GTI that was pretty souped up and yeah. suspension. We used to... I raced it around Rochester like I was an autocross, but I never, like, legitimately got on the track. <laughs> yeah. So that would have been fun to do, but I blew through a lot of tires just hitting off ramps going way too fast and <laughs> sliding through through turns that's funny lisa's brother chris and i used to he used to work with me in the summers when i was painting back there and uh uh-huh. every night coming home from work usually i drove and we'd see how fast we could get home and there was one corner our off-ramp in a and uh-huh. i like i'd hit it at 40 and i hit it 42 and i hit oh, it 43 God. and 45 oh, and i think one day i hit it going like 55 or something like that and it, mm-hmm. it's like an uphill tight mm-hmm. 180 and i we ended up like sliding and, and doing a 180 in it thank god again like what happened to my dad there's nobody behind us yeah but we realized we couldn't take that corner going 55 miles an hour <laughs> it's funny oh by the way happy birthday paul it's gonna be slightly belated at this oh, yeah. point but happy birthday paul uh and he also said looking forward to this one hope you're doing great way so that was paul and then i want to get into uh the pines because i i can even remember the the, I don't know which race was that, but I can remember, generally speaking, you asking, inviting us up, saying you guys yeah. got to come ride, yeah, because we all rode trails and I, and you know it, and we, you invited us up and we never made it up, and I kick myself now, you know, getting into this, figuring out, remembering all these things about you, and, uh, and then finding, you know, seeing pictures of the pines and yeah, it was you it guys was jumping huge. a car truck. or a truck or Pick something truck, like yeah. lengthwise, I want to say. Yep. But uh, cool, cool stuff. But yeah, that uh, was actually started. So that was the pines were about three miles from my parents' house, mm-hmm. and it actually it was started by uh, the Bell brothers. There was these two 
um, brothers that lived in the neighborhood. We had, we had trails, and they built a housing development. So there was this little mm-hmm. patch of pine trees that we, we used to – we built some trails in there for when it would rain. So yeah. we could ride because for some reason when it rained, it didn't really get wet in there unless it mm-hmm. poured. So we built some jumps, and they had come, and they, they built the um, – the housing development they started building so they tore those down so we just slowly the bell brothers started it by digging they mm-hmm. um shannon and brandon bell they could dig like moles i mean i've never seen somebody dig a hole so deep and so fast and have a pile of dirt in like 10 minutes oh so they start they started probably the uh-huh. the main part of the trails and mm-hmm. then i took it over yeah. my, me and my brothers and my friends um again david james um said, Victor Wilson Chuck Chuck Northrup okay. yeah um a lot of those guys we we just started just adding on adding on just you know we'd go up there and ride for a while and then like build a new jump or add to a jump and just right. kept adding to it yeah that was like a whole little community over there it's like I yeah looking back I, I rode with a bunch of little kids yeah. yeah right right <laughs> until the weekends came and then like i said uh chuck would come by and vic and and bill bouye and mm-hmm. um all those guys but it was mainly like me and like the neighborhood kids um would be in the trails and like right. the kids would get out of school and it was funny because every once in a while parents would come back and be like oh we wanted to meet you because the um our, our son or daughter is saying they're riding with these these uh these older guys mm-hmm. and they, you know they think we're back there like drinking beer and smoking cigarettes and we're right. back there riding and they didn't realize they'd sit and stand there and talk to you for 15 20 minutes right. it came like almost like a daycare they'd like <laughs> oh so and so is gonna come by can you tell him to leave at like four so he's home for whatever and we're like uh-huh. you know so it was kind of fun but they also motivated because they had these yeah, little yeah. kids like jump that do this do that yeah, yeah so like the days you didn't really want to ride they were like kind of motivating you to do stuff or you know just watching them riding doing something so small as like hitting a little jump and getting a foot of air kind of brought you back to that like mm-hmm. that fun little kid part of you yeah so it kind of took away from like the training right right um but that we had those for like 10 years yeah that was kind of my downfall in pro racing when i turned super class it was mm-hmm. right around the time that I wasn't working construction at the moment. I was working retail, so my hours are off. And then the oh, okay. the pines, um, I wasn't there every day. Yeah, um, I was only like there once a week and on the weekends. And mm-hmm. some kids started hanging out there, and somebody ended up getting hurt. Uh-huh. Long story short, they got bulldozed. Uh-huh. So I had no local track. I had no trails to ride. Oh my gosh! And I just it that's kind of yeah. kind of the right. kind of made me retire. Because really I sure. I couldn't practice anywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. you can only do so many road sprints. Yeah, right, right. Jeez. Well, uh, Steve Budnick wanted to know the history of the pines, which you uh, which you started to talk about. Yeah, that Who just started. Like I said started you know? like eighty, eighty one. So eighty one okay. to like ninety. Oh, ninety one, like ten or eleven years. Yeah. It lasted. Um, jeez, I'm uh, not remembering at the moment, but was Steve from up that way? Yeah. Yep. I th- I thought he was. Um, actually, I think he talked about it in the uh, the Howlin Howlin yeah. his podcast with Craig Brown. Yeah, because he was like a freestyle kid. It was he was just up yeah. there one day. We we had built a wall. Mm-hmm. We were it was like a half wall. We yeah. were building a, a wall ride. Uh-huh. Um, and he was up there. And I remember seeing him, and we were just chatting. Like mm-hmm. he basically said, I was just up there doing laps, ripping yeah. around, and right. I saw him over there. 
you know, eventually when people would come up there, we'd, we'd all talk. Sure. And he came over when I stopped and he stopped and we just started chatting. And then mm-hmm. the whole thing came up. I'm a freestyler, you're a racer yeah. and all that. And Right. Like he said, the funny story. You want to want to ride for us? Want to be sponsored? Yeah, right. give me <laughs> t-shirts. Yeah, it's like I said. I think he gave me that patch. It's in that picture there on my TNT jersey. Oh, okay. The you know the the, the famous two B patch with the yeah. uh, the home clip with the with the uh, with the paisley work or whatever. No, it was the paisley. And the running joke was I when they he gave me patches. I like sewed them on everything. When I was riding for yeah, I couldn't see it from where right on my shoulder. No, when I was riding for uh, um, Dan's and everything, uh huh. I told Terry I had to have a two B patch on my jersey. Oh man, that's funny. Oh, I see it. Chuck yeah, Northrop there and that's okay. Chad Stemler. This dude could that guy was a good, decent racer, but a yeah. really good uh, jumper and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think oh, the wow. first day we met, he uh, he gave me like a couple patches and some yeah. stickers. Oh, that's awesome. And then, uh, wow. and then I told him he should come to a race, and one's the next one. And he showed up at Woodward, and the rest is history. I introduced him to Craig and uh, I think Barry. Oh wow! Those guys jumped on board, and then he he wanted to know something uh, pretty specific, which is cool. He wanted to know what influenced the design, and uh, did anyone other than Crandall and his crew camp there? Uh the design just kind of went by the trees. It was like, uh, was it mostly you kind of directing the digging, or were you guys kind of all? We were all kind of involved. Somebody would start something off, off to a side or something, want to build Mm -hmm. some type of jump. Let's build a tabletop, and Mm -hmm. you know we had the main trails there, and just kind of offshoots. Sometimes the little kids would want a little track. We we built a couple areas for like the little kids to ride, and then we would kind of spruce it up a little bit for us. But it wasn't like jumping, you know. 20 feet or anything like that it was just like more of a speed line almost like a pump track yeah just kind of evolved with with everybody like i said uh vic would come up and him and billy would would build a section or want to build something or add to something and we would just go along with it Mm -hmm. but it was kind of the way it was laid out the trees it was next to like a water purification plant in pittsburgh new york Uh so the trees were planted in rows so if you looked at it, they were like in distinctive rows. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, that must. Be and wild. I can't believe because they were pine trees, but yeah, they were yeah. like pine trees where the the top of them still had all the branches, uh-huh. but all the lower ones were broken off, and there was like sticks and like basically spears sticking out. I'm surprised none of us ever got killed. Right. Um, I got knocked out one time up there jumping something that the lip was too soft. And I didn't clear the landing. I woke uh-huh. up to like four little kids standing around me, like kicking me. <laughs> <laughs> trying to wake me up um, dead or not. <laughs> yeah they they rode me home and i had like a massive headache for a couple of days and you're supposed to be babysitting them yeah. at the daycare there yeah that was i mean and we had like i said we had these little kids there was and none of them i i don't even think i knew their names now i definitely know don't know their names mm-hmm. i don't remember but i remember their yeah. nicknames we had little shit we call them little shit because he was always in the way but, but and these kids were like good riders they were riding like Kmart bikes. Yeah, a lot of times yeah. we didn't end up fixing them or tightening stuff. Yeah. But like Yo 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 Larry was another kid <laughs> that was up there. Dario and like I said, little shit. Like oh, they all had nicknames. God. Everybody had a nickname. That's that's a New York thing. Yeah. Guy Andrews um was another racer out of there that would come up and, and do some stuff. Wow. Um so yeah, and it was it was 
at that time, like Cool Tool, we had to track a Cool Tool for a while in Hilton, but that closed. So we didn't really have a local track. Mm. We were all racing like the New York State races and nationals. Right. So it was like that's the only place we had to go. Yeah. So it kind of, I guess it kind of spurred, uh, mm-hmm. spurned a generation out of that of riders that used to kind of, that was like the Pines crew. Right. We actually had a team, a, New, a team from New York State. We almost won one year. Uh-huh. We lost against Paulie's uh, Polar. Oh, Polar Salter? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Uh, all right, so let me switch over. Oh, and camping in there. Anyone besides Granville Camp in there? Well, yeah, the Baker brothers. You know Kelly and oh, Jim yeah, yeah. from uh, FBM. Yeah. Those guys were crazy. They would come up for the weekend. Mm-hmm. We were, uh, my dad was throwing out a bunch of stuff one time, and they were like, these pants they were like definitely from the 60s like these seersucker pants like plaid <laughs> polyester and kelly's like oh man can i have these and my dad's like yeah i tell you he like puts them on he like wears them to the like the burger king he's like wearing them. oh my god it was so funny oh man those guys were great though oh yeah definitely all right so so crandall i think it's more of a more of a comment but uh he says some of the first real trails our crew ever rode were in Rochester. I had a hand I had a hand me down Pines Crew cycle craft from Whitey. He is he and his buddy Chuck even came and rode our local yeah. dirt jumps in Ithaca. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, it was before so we used to go to Ithaca and ride with those guys. And so was, I I knew Kelly that. and we knew Kelly and Kim mm-hmm. a little bit before we met Steve. Kelly's more your age. Yeah. Right? And, and Kimmer's I think close to Jim's age. Mm-hmm. So Steve, had, young, Steve was younger at yeah. that time. Uh, yeah, he's a, a couple, yeah, a few years younger than us. So that's how mm-hmm. we met Steve. Uh-huh. So they had, we went up to Ithaca a few times. They didn't have Baker's Acres yet. They had some jumps, some crazy mm-hmm. jumps in, uh, in Kelly and Kim's backyard. Yeah. And then they had some other, like, trails um, that we used to ride, that like in a field somewhere. Yeah. Oh, we used to go and help those guys, and then yeah. we were filming one time for his local TV show WD Forty. We got <laughs> we got him kicked off for like a month. <laughs> they, they had a public access yeah. show called WD Forty. WD Forty. Steve did. Steve did. So they would. We went out that I one day. This. Yeah. So we went out and we were like filming, oh, and they God. they would take the film of the day or whatever, and they would do crazy stuff. I mean, in Ithaca, right? Ain't that much to do. They would like. Right, videotape Kim going down the hill, one of those hills in Ithaca, with like a shot in a shopping cart. So one day they, we went there. Chuck and I went up there, uh-huh. and uh, they took a bunch of video and stuff of us riding, and they were playing it in the background. We just sit and like just talk, mm-hmm. and like right at the end of the the thing, mm-hmm. like people would call in and like yell at you, and like the Kim and uh, I don't know if, I don't know if Kim was there. Kelly was definitely there, like fighting yeah. with people. And right at the end, they're like rolling the credits, and Chuck jumps up onto the table, yeah, to get like over the table to leave. And yeah. as he jumps up, he's got like, uh, like basketball shorts on, like those mesh shorts. Yeah, yeah. And I grab him from behind and I pull him, and they come all like down to his knees. So like on access cable in the afternoon, the guy gets pantsed, and I think they got thrown off the air. I think they got uh, banned for like a month oh, God, for partial nudity or something. <laughs> I'm not sure if the ratings are any better or worse after that, but uh, oh my God. those guys are so much fun. That was uh, that was like right on the beginning of the FBM days, like right when he yeah. kind of like launched that 
that whole thing where he started with the the, the t-shirts and stuff. Yeah, I love to ride my bike. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I probably got the phrase wrong, but yeah, yeah, he's. I'm so glad he sent that that comment in because I would have never heard about this public access yeah. show. That's hilarious. It's just like him. Uh, yeah, we had guys. Um, well, actually, you did it. His his show. Oh, it was, it was so hilarious. Funny. They had had it on for a while. Yeah, yeah. I, they, I think they got kicked off a couple times, so it wasn't the first time, but I think <laughs> might have been the longest time. They were interviewing. I had to ask him. I think it was for a month. <laughs> Probably a lot of people watch it. A lot of kids watching. I thought it was yeah. cool. Well, it was pretty funny though. I mean, just they just showed up at this building like, oh, we're gonna do our public access. They just, you just basically walked in, mm-hmm. walked into the studio, they hooked up all their stuff, and just started. Right. There was like nobody really directed anybody like where to go. It was kind of like weird. Yeah, yeah. But it's oh, funny. They had a, they, kids. They already, yeah, they already had a following, a they, little bit of a following down there because all the they crazy stuff they been did. Teenagers, sixteen, seventeen at that yeah. point. Yeah, Ke- uh, Kelly was older, but yeah, right, right. He was probably sixteen. Yeah. I don't even know if they were driving yet, legally. Right, right, <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, I love Steve. Um, just a, a shout out from uh, Robbie Morales. He he just said yes. He was excited that that uh, that I was going to interview you. Yeah, Robbie's a, a big supporter uh, of, of all of his roots. You know, yeah. he's he's really awesome about I, East I, Coast. We that was, he was one of the first people we met racing. Yeah, uh, BMX. I think actually he was going everywhere, right? Yeah. I, well, when we another we one where the dad like it, yeah. the dad loved it as one. much as he did. I think David yeah. James. My best friend David James and him were mm-hmm. started talking first because mm-hmm. it was like it was weird like we were racing in NBL eighty eight it was like there wasn't like didn't seem like there's a lot of New York guys mm-hmm. um and we just started talking he was another yeah. one that was at that national at South Park yeah he was and still he can still ride a bike I bet yeah do you remember Rick yeah Rostoucher? yeah. He uh he just commented uh always thought he was grossly underrated and then uh Craig That's chimed great in. To hear. And so, yeah, yeah, it's an awesome compliment. And then Craig commented on that and said, uh, not by the people that knew what he was all about, a threat every time and a great guy. That's uh, awesome. That's yeah, awesome said, to hear. Yeah, you got a lot of nice comments. This is funny. I uh, I apologize, Rod3. I, I completely just spaced out and forgot your first name. This happens a lot. You trigger memories like yeah. this and you say your name and you can hear it in either Roger Plaskett's voice or Linda Dorsey's yeah. voice yeah. where they'll draw it out like, why do you Williams? Yeah. You know, so yeah. that was, it was cool. So he just mentioned that. So he just play. a lot of people do this. They play yeah. back the I, name. I like still, there's, I, I tell Gaska. you, there's, there's been a lot of highlights in, in my mm-hmm. racing career. And there's, there's three people that stand out. Obviously, Linda mm-hmm. Dorsey and Roger Plaskett and mm-hmm. then Billy's dad, Mr. Robbins. Mm-hmm. It was he was funny because he would start like it's like, Okay, we got the seventeen over expert main on the gate and he'd announce the people and he's like, All right, let him go and then the gate would fall and it would just be like just hysteria, like Ah <laughs> He would like freak out and then when you were racing you could just hear him getting all excited. Uh-huh. And for some reason it just got you more excited. Yeah, but yeah. you you couldn't really tell what he was saying. Right, right. It was just like just <laughs> all this stuff going on and then it was like mm-hmm. eh, why do Lindsay race something like that at the end as opposed to like Linda but there's like three people that stand out Uh some of the like best moments of my racing career and it's like those three like completely yeah Yeah. Yeah. and with Mr. Robbins that was like early on and then Mm -hmm. Linda I think Linda's probably called more yes of our races 
yeah, than anybody yeah. else. But it's Rod, just Rodgers and started a little later. Yeah, and he kept going longer. And unfortunately, Roger pa- just passed away. Rest in peace. And then yeah, Linda yeah. passed away a couple years ago. And Mr. Robbins passed away a few years ago. So yeah, yeah. Yes. That's another person not in MBL, but Mr. Robbins and Mrs. Mm-hmm. Robbins with the kids. I mean, that was like he loved it as much as they did. Yeah, yeah. I just love how all those parents that we talked about would, you could ask them for anything, anything. I, I don't even, it doesn't even make sense how we did this, how this all worked out. But, but Mr. Poole, um, I needed something, bam, uh, it was just done. Yeah. You just So our parents had nothing to worry about. Yeah. I think we, it was we the, were in such good hands because there were so many good. It was the parents, parents and the there. whole BMX community. Mm-hmm. Everybody was looking out for each other. Yeah, I don't care what state they were from; they were all great. They were just the best. Um, I always forget how to pronounce his name. Uh, Trey Lampy. I want to say Lampy, but maybe just be Lamp. It's still one of the best best jerseys ever. So I think he was compl- uh, commenting and complimenting. It's gotta be the Reynolds. Jersey. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm pretty sure that's what he's talking about. Uh, it could have been the TNT one, but I'm I'm sure Probably he's talking Reynolds. about the Reynolds. Yeah. One. So uh, it just thanks. goes back to that cult. I think. Yeah. Like Barry said, it was just we were in the. It was just a cool time. Like two B mm-hmm. was like really kicking off, and when you're in it, it didn't seem as big as it was probably looking at it from the outside. Oh, right, here's a question for me. It seems like Billy Thompson should have been from up your way. <laughs> well it's funny he was he spent, stuck in the middle yeah he, was he spent like, a lot him and chuck northrop were really good friends so yeah. it's like they spent a lot of time together so it's like yeah he oh, was no kind of in between yeah because he didn't and I, I i don't say this in a mean way whatsoever he he didn't quite fit that long island no because it was very specific yeah you know, trails and fast racers smooth fast and he wasn't from the schenectady ivanella paul isbester carrie zinzar correct era era mm-hmm. either he was like actually he was out like on an island all by yeah. himself yeah because at yeah. least up on my way we had you know dan and i and then the amicos sure. and uh devries and mm-hmm. and those people yeah he was in and then answer. we had like this you know vic wilson and bill mm-hmm. bouye david james like those guys mm-hmm. and then there was like long island crew and mm-hmm. then there was like i guess call it central new york not mm-hmm. even yeah but yeah he was kind of like no man's land yeah yeah didn't know where to place him. So really going to put you on the spot here. I'm pretty sure I know what the answer is going to be, but uh, yeah, maybe not. What was your What was your favorite team of all the teams you were on? The bigger ones, of course. You know, the the ones that were competing for, uh, did they call it Factory? Yeah. It was Bike Shop and Factory? Well, the, the best one was, was Reynolds. Yeah. I mean, that was the most fun because of we were all the same age, pretty mm-hmm. much, except for Josh Henry. But pretty much all the... The Dan's teams with Terry. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just, again, I was just put with the right person. I mean, she Terry would do anything mm-hmm. for the, her riders, other riders too, but she would do anything for us, uh-huh. whatever he needed. You know, never got mad at us if we did something yeah. wrong. You know, it was never anything like that. She, she, you could tell she, she generally rooted for you mm-hmm. and she cared about each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, probably any one of her teams probably my favorite one out of all of them would have to be the team we won the first um national uh national team Mm -hmm. because we had basically had rode for whitman's that fell apart we felt like a bunch of rejects Mm -hmm. um like nobody wanted us and you know dan duckworth took a, a, a chance with us 
and it was me and Ronnie, Eric Wolfert, you know, I think maybe Mulligan too. I mean, it was just, we had a good team and it just, it kind of, that we kind of, the fact that we got dropped as a team Mm-hmm. And and then we ended up getting picked up. It was kind of like a rallying thing, and for us yeah. to just like kind of show everybody that we could do it, yeah. was I think it was probably the the probably the best team of that team I rode for. Was that Marie McGilvery's time on on dance too? I think she was later. Later, yeah. It was pretty much Whitman's. It was mostly Whitman's guys that, like I said, the team had had folded, mm-hmm. and then got we got hooked up with Dan. Mm-hmm. So it was like the Sauners. Um, Timmy and Todd and, and mm-hmm. me and Ronnie and mm-hmm. I don't know if Rob Mick. I mean, it was, it was like the, it was those guys. Sure. Yeah. So it was, you know, winning a team championship as like a a, a team, we were like really mm-hmm. close knit. Like we were really, all of us like really rooted for each other and we all knew each other. So it uh-huh. was, it was fun. But the Reynolds team was just, that was just off, off the hook. That was just so much fun. And, 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 you know, the more I've, I've talked to, to Craig, and now Barry, it's it, it makes sense. You guys, uh, on each conversation, each separate conversation, listening to you guys talk was was awesome. It's there's just so much friendship and so much mm-hmm. love and so much just you know yeah just um, respect for each other. Right. And oh, Brian. Just, uh, yeah, and Brian. Yeah, and and we didn't see that. Like I like I was joking with Barry. I'm like I, the guy intimidated the hell out of me. Yeah. I, it's one of those things I don't think you realize it in the moment, but as you get older, you realize like what was there. Mm-hmm. But hearing like Barry and Craig, it's like like I said, it's like I just saw him last weekend. Yeah, like, and that's yeah. just a great part part about this whole experience. It's like mm-hmm. you know to have that connection still is is yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, and you're sitting, and we're you know now today we're seeing it in a kind of a raw form. We're not at a track, right? You know, we're just talking about just old talking. times. You know. And it it's uh, it uh, answers a lot of questions, you know, that I would have. Just like, what is Barry like? I mean, I I think it'd be fun to interview Barry anyway. Yeah, he was um, he was an intimidating guy though because yeah. he was so big. But he was the nicest. Yeah, guy. he was. I mean, that was then. And, yeah. And like I said, I I think he was just focused and he was just do, he was up there doing what he he had to do, and he had bigger things to worry about than me. That's for sure. We had like, a lot I mean, of pressure was, on him too because when I, when I remember my first. My first memory of him was he was national number one. And he was riding for zero nine. Mm-hmm. And oh my god, yeah, I forgot about that. You know that like you know people were and being from the Midwest, people mm-hmm. were trying to knock you off. The, so and you're yeah. a big factory rider, so you have to hold that title. Mm-hmm. You don't realize how much pressure, you know, oh, looking back, we were under to try to like keep our sponsorships. Yeah. Um, so that was probably part of it too. Yeah, I didn't, didn't even think. I mean, you're right. That means he was on a team with. Uh, Ronnie Anderson, yeah, um, Craig, Sean Callahan, uh, yeah, Craig. Uh, who were you saying? Craig, Craig Reynolds, yeah. Oh, Craig, I forgot yeah. who's on. Aaron Sally, I think. Oh, I can't remember the other ones. There, there were there there weren't that many. There no. weren't that many on the team, but it was a it was a strong yeah team. So if you don't hold that plate, and that's the thing that with the yeah. you know those big sponsorships, if you didn't perform, right, which was a lot of pressure. So I'm, I guess. Just Part of me always wanted to be on, like, you know, maybe a factory team. Mm-hmm. Um, even talking to Maria about, like, GT, she says it's the greatest time, but, I, you know, the pressure she must have been under. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that, like, the Dan's teams, they mm-hmm. were they were big. They gave me everything I needed, but I mm-hmm. never had that extra pressure that if I didn't win, I was felt like I was going to get booted. Yeah, right. Which is huge. Right. Um, 
So I guess sometimes it's careful what you wish for. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And then with Reynolds, no, I mean, we true. were just having so much fun. It, you know, obviously mm-hmm. none of us were going to get kicked off the team unless we did something dumb. But, right, right. you know, we were all friends and just having yeah. a time and building a company. It was just, it was so much fun. Well, that's the key thing. I mean, we're talking about having fun and building a company. You weren't competing for, for a title no. as a team. And that takes a lot of pressure off, I'm sure. And rooting for each other too. I mean, even though we we're all in almost the same class, Craig was double A, and Barry and I were uh, super class, and Colgrove was eighteen uh, X or whatever. We were all basically in that same yeah. slot. And it's so cool that Steve and Hal were part of that too. Yeah. Uh, just because they were, they were like Crandall in, in in a way. I mean, they were just venturing and seeing if they make something fly yeah and it and it worked i think uh it sure sounds like definitely did yeah what i heard um all right i think we're almost done i just wanted to ask the last couple questions uh being as competitive as bmxers are what took uh bmx's place when you when you stopped for the last time oh it's golf yeah that's what i was golf that's uh kind of yeah oh there's just a little bit of golf stuff in this yeah. house. Won a couple of tournaments. <laughs> oh, Still yeah. working on it. So do you compete as an amateur? Yeah, I play um, the big bronze trophy and the, mm-hmm. the gold cup is from uh, the Golf Channel. The golf... Uh, really? Yeah, the Golf Am Tour. Uh-huh. Golf Channel Am Tour. Yeah. Um, the, the bronze one is I won four or five years ago, the New York State. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the championship. Uh-huh. So I won the uh, the Westchester Championship. Oh wow! And that one up there is there's there's uh, mm-hmm. four of those are, but that's that was like I won the like mm-hmm. the whole tournament like the end of the year tournament. Gotcha. The other ones are just uh, tournaments, but as as you get better, you start playing lower. So mm-hmm. um, back then I was like a twelve handicap. I'm down around sure. uh, six. Wow. I've been as low as a three, but like anything, you, you try to change and then you go backwards to go forwards. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of in that stage where I went backwards and I'm starting to come forward again because mm-hmm. I realized I needed to change a couple things in my game if I really wanted to get good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the thing with golf is no matter how good you are, you can always get better, which right. it, it'll drive you crazy. Yeah. <laughs> how do you handle golf since you've had you've had a few knee injuries, right? Uh, that's fine. It's, um, when I, I hurt my right foot, I dislocated my right foot in the race in Utica, like when I was trying to just come back and ride again mm-hmm. back in, I think 2005 or six or something. Yeah. yeah. So that's the only thing that bothers me. No, nothing with my knees. Mm-hmm. The hardest thing for me with golf is I've always been one to run, like been able to tap into adrenaline. Uh-huh. And like when I needed to go faster or, mm-hmm. you know, do something, you know, whether it was baseball or mainly BMX, mm-hmm. their adrenaline would kind of get me through or that would always pump. Yeah. But with golf, it's like the opposite. You got to you got to keep that down. Yeah. You can't let the adrenaline. So when you get into a situation when uh, you're under pressure, you have to try to keep the adrenaline at a minimum so that you don't hit the ball too far or, right. you know, uh, get ahead of yourself or make a mistake. So it's yeah. kind of a weird learning curve for me that I'm trying to like hold something back that's always um, mm. worked for me right. in the past. Right. So it's like a different thing. It's more of a it's all more of a mental thing too. You got to really control your mental um, right. por- part of the game in order to be a better player. So I can I can play really well if 
if I'm just out playing around, playing with my friends, I can play really good. But when I get under pressure is when I have trouble. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the hard part. I'm trying mm-hmm. to trying to work through that. But I mean, I'm I'll never be a pro or I'll never be mm-hmm. a high level amateur. But I mean, yeah. at the handicap I'm at, it's definitely when you're in the the low single digits, you're in the higher percentile of good golfers. Mm-hmm. So right. it's a uh, right. But it takes you know, like BMX, it takes a lot of work. Right. Um, and I think the reason I gravitated to it so much is one, I played baseball and I like to hit a ball and just watch it fly through the air. Yeah. But pretty much my whole racing and riding career, um, all my training was done kind of on my own by myself Mm -hmm. and golf is the perfect sport for that. You don't need anybody to practice with. You can practice anywhere, anytime. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can do it by yourself. So I think that's why I, I gravitate because it's a way of me to like free my mind. Sure, that's how bicycle riding was for me. When I got on my bike, I could I could forget all my my uh, problems and just kind of just mm-hmm. free my mind up. And that's golf for me now. Right, that's awesome. But I mean, I tell everybody to try it, but you're in for a ride because it's it's the hardest game you'll ever play. Oh my god! Because you yeah. can never master it, so it's just like yeah. a complete. And there's so much to it. I mean, it's I, I you know far better than me, but just. From a layman's perspective, I mean, it, even the same course is different on each each day. Yeah, yeah. And that's you know? what Lisa doesn't understand. She we we sit and watch uh, golf tournaments together, mm-hmm. and she's like, "I don't understand why they're not as good. They just played the course." I'm like, "Well, there's wind conditions and yeah. temperatures and different pin locations." And in a way, she's yeah. right. It's like it is the same course, but it does. Yeah. And the the main thing is every day, every time you play, you have a, a kind of like a different swing. Right. Um, one of the guys I take lessons from, probably the perfect, and he's he's a high level golfer. He's played a couple of times at the Masters. Uh-huh. Um, Jerry Corville Jr. Uh-huh. up here in Connecticut. He put it perfectly. He said, uh, "Golf is a game of adjustments. Mm-hmm. You have to adjust to the weather. You have to adjust to your swing. You have to adjust to all the conditions, everything." Yeah. Yeah. And it's right, and he he put it perfectly. I mean, and, and what Craig was saying too. It even with BMX, you have those good days and bad days. But now mm-hmm. seeing it through like a golf. I can see that like one day you can shoot like a 70, 71, like shoot par, and the next day you'll shoot like an 80. It's yeah. just golf. Right. And that's kind of how racing. Right. You can't put down the perfect lap every time. You just yeah. got to be consistent. Right. And that's what I'm working on. Yeah. I'm really good when I'm good, but I'm really bad when I'm bad. So I got to get to that consistent low, that consistently really good level. All right. You are a very determined individual. That's for <laughs> sure. I see it everywhere. Yeah. But in your... In your like Lisa says, when you when you decide to do something, you you do it. Yeah, you go all right. in. Right. Yeah, I guess I I do too. But I I think you've got more patience because you stick with things for for a while. Yeah. You know, which is really cool. I, I think get that's real passionate a, about stuff. Yeah. Once I really find something I like. Yeah. I just I go all in and. Yeah. And like I said, BMX is just such a great sport. Right. If I if I had kids, it would be I would have them play either golf. Mm-hmm. I would or BMX, or hockey. Yeah, because right. or some type of travel sport. Because I think when parents can travel with their children, they can. Yeah, they can keep an eye on them and, and have that, um, sure. that connection, as mm-hmm. opposed to just seeing them. You know, at the end of the day for fifteen minutes at dinner. I think with the traveling, right. my my dad, uh, him and I became. You know, that he was my biggest idol. Mm-hmm. But he was also my best friend because we just talked about everything while we mm-hmm. drove all those hours. I mean, yeah. all that time in the car, what else are you going to do yeah. when I'm not sleeping? Right. So then we had to talk about something. 
There's still certain like uh, old country songs. David James and I were laughing. He he was telling he was texting me the other day, mm-hmm. telling me he just heard a song and the first thing he thought of was Raj. Oh yeah. And our trips to like to to the races and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's good yeah, stuff. You you can't you can't replace that. No, nope, you can't. Unfortunately, yeah, with a lot of us have been fortunate enough to have that. Yeah, no matter what they do, even if they're, you know, whether it's sports, whether it's playing in a band, playing whatever, yeah. it's just to have that support and have your parents be mm-hmm. proud of you. It's it's just it's it's the world. It's everything. It is, and you want these kids to understand, and parents, uh, that well, not to steal a golf race, but it's the long game because these kids and parents may not realize that until later. Yeah. Uh, parents usually know what's going on, but you don't get the you don't really see the how that affected your the way your child developed. So I'm gonna close it out with, or I'm gonna have you close it out. Just thank anyone you want to thank, and we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. I just want to thank Lisa, uh, my wife. I mean, for putting up with me all these years for all my crazy stuff and <laughs> all my hobbies. Um, you know, my brothers. I've uh, you know, always had them to look up to my parents that are no longer with us but have set us on a good path in life and all my friends and you know people I've rode for you know Terry Saunders specifically for taking care of me all those years and um, Big Nard for uh, taking a chance on me getting on that team and Rob Mick for um, introducing me to him and um my best friend David James, who, like I said, is like a little brother. He's a part of our family, has been for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, David Marshall, Vic, uh, Bill Bouye, Tim Gabriel for giving me one of the coolest nicknames and uh, maybe <laughs> the sport. Definitely up there. And uh, man, did it stick! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just you know, anybody that's ever rooted for me, you know, ever cheered me on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's been a great journey and. It was. It's fun looking back on it. It's uh, as you get older, you just realize like how cool a time it was, you know, that we had, mm-hmm. and I'm glad I was a part of it and I'm part of that part of the BMX scene. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and completely deserving of being interviewed. Yeah, so I, I, hope you, I hope you accept that. <laughs> At least I you talk know. a lot. Well, <laughs> it's yeah, it yeah. was it was a pleasure, and I appreciate yeah. you having me and. Uh, this is awesome. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad my name came up. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm gonna thank Barry and Craig for uh, calling in and yeah, that was and being uh, such good friends. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it's it's been fun. I knew it would be fun. I told you. I just it's just a conversation. You know. Yeah. And it's it's fun. Yeah. You know, you could say no wrong. I thank my dogs for not coming and barking at the yeah, door. Yeah. Right. Hey, they were great. <laughs> well, I'm gonna get a couple pictures of you if you don't okay. mind. Yeah, yep. uh, with all the uh, all the stuff we've been looking at that people can see when I uh, when I post up the podcast. Okay, awesome. All right, thanks, Steve. Thank you, Joe. All right, no problem.